Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows, uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Today, you're in for a real treat. Dominique Taylor is the associate head coach at Bethune-Cookham University. He is just absolutely tremendous. Can't say enough good things about him. You'll hear a lot about his intro from not only myself, but also some of his former players. He is what college basketball is all about. He's got a tremendous story. He's extremely talented. probably has not gotten the due or respect that he deserves and maybe just didn't get the big break just yet. But boy, is he talented and he will be able to tell you all about his story, voted one of the top assistants in his conference, uh, and also sheds a lot of light on the HBCU life and the truth behind what that's like. Here we go. All right, so welcome to All Access Coaches Corner with Rising Coaches. Uh, If you haven't been to risingcoaches.com, check it out, www.risingcoaches.com. A lot of great features and um, just benefits to being a member of Rising Coaches. Uh, Almost 1,500 members now, so definitely check that out. We give them much props for this opportunity, this platform. Uh, Excited to have a family member of mine uh, on today, associate head coach, from Bethune Cookman, Dominique Taylor. I'm gonna let the young fellas go first and introduce them. We've got a couple of former players we'll get a mic to since they were here early. We'll reward them. Uh, we'll let uh, Ferguson go first and then Bosick, you'll go next and then I'll close it and we'll get started. Well, I'm just introducing myself. Yeah, no, introducing him, not you. We know you. We oh, know you. oh, sure. I about to say my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pass the rock right now. There ain't no shooting the rock this time. Man, no, I feel that. I feel that. But uh, uh, nah, man. Shoot, Coach Taylor, man. He uh, somebody I played for at South Isle when I transferred from Moorhead State. Um, a dude that really, man, he uh, really took me under his wing when I first got there, and you know, showed me the ropes. 
a little bit, you know, coming from, you know, transferring a new scene, you know, kind of made me feel comfortable. And the crazy thing, I was raised in Grand Rapids. So, like, we kind of had that little that little connection off top. So, uh, nah, man, good dude, man. I still keep in contact with him every now and then. I know he's doing big things down there at Bethune. Man, just uh, lucky to have a mentor like him. That's what's up. Appreciate that, Ferg. Then we'll let the, the ACU Wildcat, uh, all access rising coaches, coaches corner family, come on and uh, introduce him as well. Neo, Neo Show's finest. <laughs> yeah, man. Speaking of Neo Show, man. So um, he's my JUCO coach um, back in the day, man. But super relatable. Um, definitely kind of, you know what I'm saying, helped me pay the way, man. Showed me what hard work was. You know what I'm saying? Got me through my season. I mean, we used to be in the gym all the time, <laughs> putting in the work, um, which is crazy because we played in the same league, played at Corpus. And so when I was getting recruited to go to SFA, you know what I'm saying? He kind of told me what to do, you know, as far as leading questions, like got him in the right direction. And then ever since I got into coaching, man, he just, we just always stayed in touch, man. He supported me, came out to the game, watched us play in the NSA tournament, you know, so just always been loved, man. So, Coach Taylor, my guy, man, he, he was super young, man, relatable, man. He don't know this, but when I was like, man, I was like, man, yeah, this is one of the coolest coaches I had, man, back in the day, man. <laughs> he didn't even know it, though, man, but for sure, man, just his work ethic, man, is dope, um, great person, good personality, man, very genuine, man. So, man, I rocked with him, man, and we just been in touch, man, since it's probably been like since, what, 2009, man, or 2010, man, so it's been a while. Years, years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, – so I go back all the way back when Coach was still a player at at, uh, at uh, Corpus Christi and Chuck Taylor, the Chuck Taylor, for those that don't know, Chuck T, um, he was the head coach at Wrestling College. And I was at, I had just finished at Wrestling College as an assistant and was at Collin County. And they used to have some mean runs, open gym. I think Nick came through, played some open gym. I might have been playing, who knows? Probably wasn't pretty if I was, but um just been family ever since, you know, we hit it off then, uh, both younger guys, he was finishing playing. I had just finished playing and, uh, just have always stayed connected, man. He's in my family tree as far as basketball coaching. Uh, I've been able to see him go through the ranks um, from being a guy who you knew just had an it factor that day in the gym. When I met him, I'm like, this dude is going to be a coach. And, uh, he ended up playing at commerce his last year, but my younger brother, uh, I want to say was assistant coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, so played for my brother. So another way that he became fam and um, just knew it even then as a player, you just knew he was going to be a great coach. Uh, has a special it factor when it comes to young people, uh, ability to lead, knows the game at a high level, can communicate at a high level and just um, just always put in the work. So excited for him um, and all that he's been able to do from South Alabama to becoming a head coach at a junior college to now uh, doing a great job at, being an associate head coach at his age and his place in his career is, is a big thing for in a great program. So excited to have him on today. So without further ado, we'll introduce coach, let him say a few words, and then we'll get straight to it. Man, I uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Obviously, you guys that spoke uh, just in the intro, man, I appreciate y'all the impact that y'all had on my life, man, Ripple further than y'all will ever understand. And uh, just, again, I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of the journey. I'm really just looking forward to talking to everybody and kind of sharing a little bit of my experience. And um, I never really been one great with like networking and I'm not the most social because, you know, I'm competitive. I don't like to share trade secrets, but, 
you know, as we, you know, as a people, as we try to grow and, you know, do better. And obviously so many people I'm connected to uh, prior to, you know, the coaching career moving into the direction that it is. I just, anything that I could ever do for anybody on the call or anybody connected, man, that's, that's, that's words that I live by. So. Yeah. So excited to have you on coach. Uh, We'll get straight to the, to the quarantine. We all been living in it. So tell us a funny story. Uh, kind of a way we like to open up here on All Access Coaches Corner. What's a funny story or something funny you learn about family member or yourself or whatever it is? Uh, well, I, <laughs> the the number one thing is I gotta I gotta get a better hobby. Uh, I, I, I'm a basketball coach. That's pretty much, you know, what I do 24 seven. So uh, that part of it, man, I don't got a lot of interest outside of that. So when the world kind of came to a stop, you know, things got real real slow for me. Um, but I'll tell you the funniest thing, and honestly, it's something that I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, I got a six-year-old daughter for, for people who kind of know me personally, Simone. Uh, Simone is a gamer, guys. Like, Simone is heavy into the video games. I didn't know this. Like, she is heavy into Minecraft, Fortnite. Like, she only six, so we um, – we hadn't got her no, you know, video game systems just yet, but that's that's the next wave, and I, I'm su- I'm surprised because you know she only six, uh, but I'm talking about B. She is heavy, heavy, heavy into the Minecraft, Fortnite. Like she gonna have some some skills in architecture, I think. <laughs> so you know they give they give her some scholarships for that stuff now, man. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of, yeah. That's kind of a new thing, the gaming. Uh, so uh, in other words, she been beating you up pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no, no doubt. She, I'm, I'm easy work for her. I, I haven't played no. I tell guys all the time I haven't played no video games since 2012, and even then I wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? But uh, she, uh, that that that's the biggest thing I think. You know, just coming out of this the last three months, man. Just spending that time. She been home. I've been home. We've been spending a lot of time together, and I learned a lot about the game world. <laughs> I learned a lot about the game world from a six year old, man. That's good stuff. I think we had uh, Dwayne Broussard on as our first guest, and he said just about the same thing. Um, um, So tell us, we know you have a coaching family, your brother's on the call. Um, Tell us about your family uh, just from coaching. Tell us about your family at home. Just tell us a little bit more about your family. Um, Yeah, my bro on the call, Coach Robert Ford, is the head coach over at Salem and West V. you know, I'm the oldest of all my all my of my parents' children, so you know I've been big bro for a long time. Um, we a tight family, you know. Uh, my dad, Bobby Taylor, retired basketball coach. You know, 20 plus years in the game. Um, he'll tell you that he could coach anything. He coached arena football at the pro level, college football. Um, he's been in it for a long time. Made a big impact on me um, from playing to coaching and all of that. Um, you alluded earlier, Chuck Taylor. Um, people don't know this. Me and Chuck, you know, we don't really share blood. We just, it's a common thing. Him and my dad and my mother were best friends in high school. They little triad was uh, like real live best friends growing up in the same neighborhood. And he just happened to have the same last name from up the street. You know what I mean? So uh, he's been huge impact. Another one that's just opened so many doors and spent so much time pouring into me um, and helping me kind of work, you know, my way into the game and uh, show me the way. Um, so those are, you know, the the biggest influences in terms of just the the guys that share the blood. But, you know, it's a lot of family loyalty, you know, Brian Burden, you know, the Jason Burdens, the Ryan Ritters, the Bostics, the Ferguson's, the Cobbs, these guys that I cut my teeth with, you know, and we all know this. If you coach, you spend so much time with, you know, guys that you were in the trenches with 
uh, that relationship, you know, you spend more time with your staff than sometimes you do with your family. So, you know, family is a relative term, B, you know, just, you know, I got guys that we obviously share blood with, but there's so much family. And that's, you know, one of the things I obviously love about what we do. <clears throat> no, absolutely, man. You've been, you've been big time to a lot of people. Obviously you can see that on the call, which is cool to see so many former players and people that you consider family um, on this today. So excited to keep it going, man. So, uh, next question is just tell us, some of us already know, but tell everybody more about, uh, said, I see you putting your lines. We know, we know you went to commerce. We know you represent said, uh, um, tell us, a little bit, tell us a little bit more about your journey. We know commerce is in there. You're going to get to that, but tell us a little bit more about your journey, how you got into the game, how you got into coaching. Um, man, it's, uh, it's funny, man. I've been, I've been, I didn't know it at the time, but I've been really coaching my whole life, man. Like when I, every team I played on as a, as a young kid, uh, you know, uh, group project in school, like I always been a guy that wanted to like be at the front. I want to present it to the teacher. You know, I want to be the guy that kind of had that. So um, just having that, you know, I always loved the game. You know, basketball came honest. Like I said, my dad was a good player in his own right and coach. Uh, my mom is a huge basketball fan. Like I said, we got basketball in our family. Uh, through and through and so you know I was a good player in high school wasn't you know great great but was good enough to have some opportunities to play at the next level and uh, got an opportunity to go to uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi um, it's funny man Chuck was on staff there at A&M Corpus Christi was back in Michigan recruiting some guys uh, was recruiting some other guys and uh, <laughs> discovered that I was a decent player you know what I'm saying in my own right so we kind of put it all together um, I got down there and uh, man, brotherhoods, you know, Coach Arrow, man, uh, Andy Helton, Chuck Taylor, the staff, the guys that was down there in that program. I mean, it was just, it was something B that I hadn't never experienced before. It opened my eyes to a world beyond Grand Rapids, you know, just like, again, being, you know, from the city, you know, not knowing how big the world really was, moving all the way to Texas, uh, far away from my family. I was solo, you know, obviously Chuck was there, but uh, that experience, man, just, it changed everything, you know, and having a chance to go down there and be on a really good team. I mean, we won 20 games every year that I was down there. Um, you know, I played with some really good players, guys that had a chance to play pro ball. We went to the NCAA tournament in my red shirt sophomore year, uh, ran through the Southland for all my Southland guys that's on the car. You know what I mean? We put up one of the most historic runs that the league had ever seen, but you know, overall, it was just, it was such a life altering experience because it just exposed me to the game at a level that I had never seen it. I was so local, you know what I mean? Just coming from Grand Rapids and Michigan and just keeping everything in that regard. And then I got down there and I had teammates from, you know, Houston and Fort Worth and guys from, you know, overseas. And I mean, the game became global to me. I just wanted to be, you know, you know, famous in my neighborhood. I wanted respect, you know, when, when the paper came out and the game was on Friday, I wanted the Saturday paper to say, you know, I had 20 points in it, you know what I mean? So having that chance to go and learn how to, you know, prepare and, and compete at the division one level was just eye opening. And, uh, you know, we played in the tournament, Coach Arrow got an opportunity to, to move on and transition. And uh, he went over back to South Alabama. Uh, Perry Clark came in, was the head coach. Um, Another great group of guys in terms of staff, Billy Garrett from, you know, DePaul and Chicago days, uh, Kevin Stink Norris, uh, Baltimore and Florida ties, Brian Merritt. I mean, the staff was high level. And so, you know, I kind of say all that to say this is like 
I was being groomed and trained by high level coaches as a player. And I didn't even know it because they were just doing what they did. You know what I mean? These guys that are still coaching today, still are being very successful in the coaching game today. You know, I played for those guys. I was, you know, trying to soak up the film and figure out how I could be a better player, how I could contribute to our success. And, you know, those dudes really poured into it. They did what I'm, what I try to do every day. They sat down and watched the film and broke down, you know, the game. And I was a reserve guy. I wasn't one of our top guys. And so that commitment, you know, really left a mark on me. Um, I graduated, uh, had a year of eligibility left and, you know, I wanted to have a little bit more freedom as a player, you know, and so I was looking for some opportunities to maybe go down a level and, uh, transferred to commerce. And, you know, really honestly uh, found out a former teammate of mine transferred to Commerce, Scooby Johnson, uh, went over there to Commerce, was an All-American, just got elected into the Hall of Fame there at a and they, they call him Scooby James because he's so Scooby. good. <laughs> hey, hey Scooby was a ball player at Corpus, was a ball player at Commerce, you know. But uh, he really opened the door to the Commerce thing. Um, and then obviously Coach Walker, man, you know, legend in Texas and up in that area in East Texas, your brother, you know, Coach Burton, those guys, again, were just more guys that coach with they hurt. You know what I'm saying? And I was coming in as a D1 transfer. I had obviously my mind made up on my own agenda, so to speak, but they helped me understand again, how much bigger the team and how much bigger the game was than what I was trying to get accomplished. And so I think that again, I just, as a coach been training my whole life, to, you know, be in this business and to kind of have the the impact and the approach that I have. But uh, I think that, um, you know, graduating and I wanted to play, you know what I mean? I got my master's from commerce. I got it done in a year. Uh, you know, Coach Burton and Coach Walker really pushed for that, you know, in the department to make sure that I could finish that master's program in the time that I was there. And so I wanted to play. I wanted to, you know, have a chance to continue to, to chase the hoop dreams. I, I had it in my blood. You know what I mean? I just, I still love to play the game. You know what I mean? The game of ball has been so good to me. And so, uh, you know, I wanted to do that. And uh, the relationship with Jeremy Combs at Neosho manifested through a relationship he had with my dad and with Chuck. And uh, it was funny. He was coming off of coaching semi-pro. So he was coaching, you know, in the IBA kind of like just, opportunity for guys to keep it going and uh you know he had an assistant spot and was basically like hey I can't pay you to play but I could pay you if you want to you know come over here and help me with this and that in regard and so you know I, I got linked up with him to try to get latched on and just get a chance to play and put film together and just keep that dream alive and uh I got into coaching Bostic was there uh, as a young dog and, you know, we had a good a good group of guys, uh, you know, guys from Michigan that, you know, I had brought down to school with me, you know, that, you know, I had just knew from the neighborhood, uh, guys that coach had obviously brought in. And, uh, man, I fell in love with coaching, B. Like, you know, again, I still like to play. You know, we'd be in the drills. I still wanted to hoop. We had open gym. It was JC. I was 23, 24. I still had that bug. So we were, you know, still trying to get it in. And, uh it was the guys like Bostic, honestly, man, not to keep singling him out, but it was guys like that that made me feel in, fall in love with helping him get to where he wanted to go. And that started again to start put other people above myself, you know what I mean? To put a guy like Bostic in a situation where he could play D1, you know what I mean? And to have guys, you know, that were counting on me to help show them how to work and how to, you know, compete at the Division One level and work at the Division One level. And I know my playing experience really made those guys feel like I, I quote unquote knew how to help them get there. 
but they really bought into it. I mean, we spent hours and hours in the gym, man, just punching that clock. And, it, and the results showed on the floor. You know what I mean? We had success. We won games. We put together some of the better runs at the time that Neo Show had had. And, uh, you know, did my recruiting thing <clears throat> and coached a lot of other good players um, in that regard. And Coach Arrow, who I played for, had a spot on staff. You know what I mean? And um, that time at Neo Show, I remember being there. And uh, I remember I just kind of alluded to you. I was thinking about coaching. And everybody's like, you know, what do you coach for? What do you wish you'll go? Where do you want to go? And I was like, I mean, at this time, I'm 23, 24. Like, I just want to keep growing. You know what I mean? I want to try to go to the highest level. Let me coach the best players that I can coach. Let me get my hands involved with the best guys. I remember I wrote a letter to John Calipari at Kentucky. Like, oh, Coach Calipari, I would love to be on your staff. And I got the auto response back. You know, they sent it out. One of the GAs probably kicked it back. And I remember getting the letter like, oh, man, I'm going to be on staff at Kentucky. You know what I mean? And uh it was the first year to the second year, man, that I really started to, I think, come into my own in terms of coaching. Uh, I was at Neo Show. Neo Show, again, wasn't, you know, at the time, the, the the name that it is today. You know, Coach Combs has done a phenomenal job building that brand up in Kansas. And I remember having chances to go work at other schools that had a name, you know what I mean? Schools in Texas or, you know, Florida. And I remember telling Coach, like, this class was one that like I had recruited. I had, you know, beat the bushes in Kansas. I had, you know, kind of cut my teeth. And I was like, yo, I think I want to see if I if I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like this is a little bit more having my fingerprints on it. And so we went back the next year and you know had another good year, had great success. And then like I said, Coach Earl had an opportunity after two years where, you know, he was looking for, I think. They had great success when he got to South Alabama, played in the NCAA tournament, had a bunch of, you know, great runs in there. And I think that they had a, a turn where he needed more loyalty around him. You know what I mean? And I don't know all the ins and outs. I wasn't there, but I remember the conversations coming in and everything that he was talking about was like, you know me and you know what we need. Like he kind of gave me an opportunity as a young guy to have a presence on the staff. You know what I mean? And so, I think when I got to South Alabama, I was just anything that needed to be done, man. Wiping sweat off the floor, taking guys on runs here or there. I mean, just whatever needed to be done. I was in there working like a walk-on. And, you know, coach was like, hey, man, you can, you know, tie me into recruiting, you know, at, the, at a higher level. You know, it's different when you in JC and, you you know, you in a high school gym. You're talking to every prospect that's in there when you a JC guy because everybody is up for grabs. You know, you get the Division One. There's NCAA rules on when you can. you got to have some relationships, the AAU game. And Coach Arrow really did a great job, man, with me as a young guy, just letting me work. Go out there, you know, fail, have success, do it, you know, figure it out. And then uh, one of the best things that happened to me in that time, and I didn't know it then, was Jeff Price joined our staff. You know, I had been on staff for, let's call it two weeks, and, you know, we had another guy leave the staff for whatever reason while I was there, and Coach Arrow called me on the road. I'm showing up to uh, Disney. This is where uh, the uh, AAU championships used to be in Disney, so I'm showing up there, and I get a call. Coach Arrow's like, hey, I just want to let you know uh, we're going to have a new guy on the staff. Don't worry about anything. I'm like, all right, coach, whatever. You know what I mean? I got you, whatever we got to do. Yeah, I got your back, you know, because that was my guy. You know what I mean? I ran through a wall for coach as a player. I was one of those dudes that, you know, I tried to set an example every day for like what he, his expectation was. And even though, like I said, I wasn't the best player or whatever, the guys will tell you, I tried to set a standard every day that we was going to be excellent in what we did. But that was because that was the way that the program was ran. And so, 
Jeff Price showed up and Jeff Price has got head coaching experience. He's got high major experience. He's another head coach, another guy that's now taking an interest as me as just a young dude on the staff, but he just kind of giving me another guy to lean on, man. And so I think that again, alluding to what I said earlier, B my whole life, man, I've been being trained and groomed by some of the top guys in this business and guys that have been so loyal to me, you know what I mean? From day one, um, really just off of a, a share and the love of the game. You know what I mean? The game did it. You know, I would love to say it was because, you know, of, you know, something that I did or some skill set that I have. I just had a pure love for the game. They had a pure love for the game. And that brought us into a situation where we we use that to work together and try to, you know, again, change lives and build great programs. And so, I, you know, leaving South Alabama, Coach Arrow retired. Coach, you know, Price had a chance to finish the year out. Um, you know, I'm looking for an opportunity to keep my career going. I'm young, you know, it ain't too many 23, 24 year olds that's working. And then now I'm fired and it's like, yo, where the next check coming, what you gonna do, you know? Um, and at this time, uh, my daughter, my, uh, my daughter's mother, she was pregnant. She was in school in grad school. So she got pregnant with my daughter. So I'm also calculating my personal life into, you know, how my career and all these things blend. Cause I'm young, I'm chasing basketball as a player. Now I'm chasing basketball as a coach. Now all of a sudden there's, you know, I'm somebody, I'm going to be really responsible for somebody. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be my daughter. I got a, a, a duty. And so I remember, you know, sitting down thinking to myself, well, I spent two years in division one. And I mean, I was, I mean, I was a grinder, you know what I mean? It was, you know, 28 days on the road out of 30 in a month, you know, uh, you know, missing two or three practices to catch, you know, games and, you know, high school games in Houston to meet the team in Kentucky to be there for our game, to leave there to drive to Nashville to see another recruit. I mean, it was like, I was literally just on the road. I was blowing through that recruiting budget. Like it was unlimited, you know what I'm saying? But that's what the job was and they needed to, to get out and see. And so, I made the decision that I wanted to be in JC. And so, you know, obviously you don't get to call those shots. I got four years of coaching experience. It's like, you ain't going, you're going to take whatever job is available, young fella. You know what I mean? You'll do whatever it come. And so I, uh, I remember being in the final four in Atlanta and uh, you know, I'm interviewing with guys, I'm networking. This is Michigan is in the final four. I'm a big Michigan basketball fan playing Louisville. And so I'm there, my team, you know, some of my teammates now are coaching, some of my former players, you know, they obviously, you know, kind of getting in their first start. So I'm networking and doing all of that. And uh, I run into Ryan Ritter on the street, man. And we just literally ran into each other in Atlanta. We chopped it up. Uh, it felt good. We put it together. We had the obviously great relationship, uh, you know, that spurned from the aftermath. But on the front end, it was just two guys that, had a love for ball, had a love for impacting young people. And, you know, together, I think we had a vision that was very in unison. And so, you know, I, I got the job at Daytona State. And, you know, there are obviously tons of opportunities, I think, you know, to do different things. But, you know, me and Coach, again, we were, we were, we were like one, you know what I mean? Kind of on the court, it was the work. I was like, this is where I needed to be. This is what I needed to be doing. And so um, did all of that. And at the time, you know, my daughter now, she here. So they're no longer trying to just, you know, smooth the lady through the pregnancy. She here now. And so uh, she still got work that needed to be done in terms of the academic work, the school. She's trying to get her career off the ground and uh, she needed more hands on. And, you know, coaching is a full time thing. And then people always tell you, you know, if you're a coach and you got a spouse, 
you know, your spouse is as important as anything. And so, you know, I think at that time, I felt like I needed to reciprocate that, you know what I mean? And so I'm sitting in Ryan's office like, hey, man, I, I think I might have to take a step back from the college level. I got to, you know, I need to be more home every day. I can't, you know, do this or do that. I got to be there and, you know, have this opportunity to make that relationship with my daughter and her mom, make everything work in a great light. And so, you know, took a step from Daytona, went, started working kind of prep school stuff, B, and, um, I coached every day, man. I tried to step out and work in the admin. And, you know, I was, I was in charge of the athletic department and, you know, hiring coaches, but every day I was at practice every day. I was trying not to step on those toes because I wanted to empower the guys that I had given the opportunity to be a part of the program. But I, every day I was in the gym, I was trying to, you know, train this guy or that guy. And, um, I'll tell you a funny story there, obviously working in the prep, man. And so I'm in charge the, the district was K through 12. I was in charge of sports seven through 12. And so we got them off the ground. And so uh, I'm in the, you know, I'm working. I'm, I'm, I don't want to coach none of the teams. I want to focus solely on just the admin. I want to help, you know, some other people have opportunities to coach. I'm back home in Michigan. And um, I couldn't find a seventh grade girls coach, not somebody that would do it at the level that everyone who had trained me expected it to be. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people sign up like, yeah, I'll take the stipend and I'll do it. But it's like, no, man, I want to like show the girls the game and teach them or whatever. So I coached the team myself, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that was more out of necessity. But I'll tell you in the now 10 years that I've been coaching, man, it's one of the most fun times I've ever had coaching. And I tell you, I've won championships coaching. I've coached guys that have gone off those girls, man, sitting there in there in, in the vans on the way to the game. And they worried about some boy that wrote a message about this or that. And I'm just telling you, it was one of those times that it brought me back to the question you asked me in the front. How did I get coaching? I always been a coach. It's just who I was. You know what I mean? It was the nature of the way that I've been honestly bred on this planet and feeling lucky to do it and to do it professionally. But I tell people all the time, man, I would do this for free. I've done it for free. We are, you know what I'm saying? Most people who get into this business, you know, I would put my time and energy into helping all of the young people that trust me to help them. I would do that without any compensation. You know what I mean? And so to do it at the level that I do it at is always a blessing. And, you know, I fast forward, you know, I got that itch. So now I got to get back to college. My little girl, she a little older. So now she in school, you know, mom's is, you know, more stable. So I'm back in college coaching and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity, but it's got to be the right one because I made this commitment to be here and be a part of my family and, you know, try to make that thing work. And so uh, there were some opportunities, but uh, Brett Campbell, man, uh, down at Chipola gave me an opportunity that was just it was through the roof because he understood where my priorities were. And a lot of young people get caught where, you know, you got to make a decision on, are you going to commit to, you know, taking care of family and being that, you know, your daughter's, you know, ballet recital, or are you going to be taking care of, you know, this, you know, film breakdown or the Jersey order or the laundry or any of that type of stuff. And Brett was like, listen, this is what I need. I know where you at. Here's an opportunity. And him and Brennan Foley, man, them dudes, they let me be a part of what they already kind of had rolling. But, you know, they gave me the autonomy to just still kind of have that, that, that bridge. And it was a beautiful segue for me back into the college game because then I got an opportunity to get more experience. I'm 27, 28, man. I'm trying to juggle, you know, my life, and, you know what I mean, my career and all of these things that, you know, we as men and women try to do in this profession. 
And it was just great to have those people support me in that, you know? And then, you know, again, I, I call it luck, preparation met opportunity. I got a chance to go up to Southeastern Illinois and get a head coaching opportunity and I jumped on it, you know what I mean? I spent, you know, years in JC division one, had went back to the prep level. I had done some training, I substitute taught, I've done all these things. And I was like, I finally gonna get a chance to put my name on the front of the program, right? And it was like, yo, this is gonna be my program. I'm leaving my mark. And um, went up there, great opportunity, man. Good, good players. Um, learned a heck of a lot about sitting in that first seat. You know what I mean? Like just what it mean to be in charge and every single decision coming down to the things that you decide. And you know, when you win, you getting that pat on the back. When you lose, you're the one kind of holding your head and asking the questions to you, you know? So it's like, those were the things that, you know, I remember being in that situation. But again, every single day, I loved it, man. Just going in there and rolling the sleeves up, being in the gym with my guys, head coach, I'm, I'll do the laundry. I'll wipe the sweat off the floor. Let's, I'm, come on, let's sit down. We'll cover the study hall. My guys in the, in the car who knows, who know Juco, it's like that. You know what I mean? You just, you, you cut your teeth in the grind. But that's the part of the game that I love. I mean, that's the part that I remember, you know, telling some guys with some opportunities to maybe get back into the four-year level, you know, maybe take an operations role or do some different things. I'm like, bro, I got to be with the guys. You know what I mean? Like, I love putting my suit on on game day. I love, you know, all of the things that come with having success. But the work is where you find the real love. And that's the part that, you know, there, I did it. And then one spring day, man, my guy, Ryan Ritter, just called me and goes, man, I think I'm about to be the head coach at Bethune-Cookman. And I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, where did that come from? Like, I, you know, I, I didn't even know that, you know, he was a candidate or that he was chasing or any of that. And uh, I remember telling him, like, oh, yeah, when we start, like, I'm there. Like, let's go. And, you know, his first is like, you know, well, let's, you know, let's, let's take, I gotta, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. I'm like, Hey man, I'm there. Don't, don't, don't say nothing else. You know, if you going, I'm there. And so again, just blessed, fortunate man that the relationship that he and I built, you know, left such a mark on him that he gave me another opportunity, you know what I mean? To come back and, you know, at, you know, 30 years old, you know, Hey man, we can give you associate head coach title is division one. And, now everything that he and I had, you know, poured into from the time to Daytona State to all of the different things, we was getting our chance, you know what I mean? And it was just one of those deals where, you know, B is like, honestly, it's like luck, but, you know, we say this all the time in this business, preparation meant opportunity. I just, my whole life have been working and loving the game, you know, your heart and opportunities have come across where, you know, people have said, hey, what do you think about this? And I've never, like I said, I, I was the guy that I want to stand up. I'll, hey, yeah, I'll go. So, you know, I'm 18. It's a scholarship in Texas. Hey, I'm running. Let's, let's go. I ain't never been there. It don't matter how far it is. You know, you want to, you know, move to commerce. Yeah, I'll come up here. I don't, where is that at? You know, you want to come to New York. It don't matter. I'm, I'm there. I'll do it. It's, it's no questions asked. And so I think that you know, to, to go back to that long-winded answer to your question about coaching B, 
I'm a coach, man. Like, that's what it is. Like, if to be blunt about it, like, that's who I am. That's the way that my, my character is built. You know what I mean? I wouldn't do anything else. If I worked at Enterprise, I would coach. I would be coaching the guys at Enterprise to have the most sales this week. And I might have me a little team somewhere, you know what I mean? Trying to win a championship with the eighth grade boys. Somewhere, you know what I mean? Like, it's just in the, it's the love of the game. And so I think that, you know, I always want to have that. I never want to lose that love. Yeah, I don't think it's a might. If you were working in Enterprise, it'd be for sure you'd have like sixteen side, <laughs> have a whole program. Gotcha. Uh, no, I appreciate you taking so much time to to go on the depth of your story. I think there's a lot to be said about it, a lot to be saluted. Uh, going all the way back to school by James and playing with him. That's so I met you in the gym at Richland where I had coached Scooby the year before. The reason why I knew Chuck T is because he recruited Scooby. Yep. So it kind of all ties in and and you know, I think what I said when I met you was I knew you were a coach then, you know, you said that you kind of always been a coach and you were a coach when you played and, um, you know, kind of rising and going through the twists and turns of this business together, man. I've always known whatever happened, even when you got out, which says a lot about you to put family first and make that commitment for your family to, to step away from the college game. Uh, but I always knew you'd be back and I always knew you'd be doing what you're doing now. Um, and, I, and I think head coaching is, gonna be in your future again I do I don't I don't know when or where we don't ever know that but I just know the way you invested in the way you love it it's gonna happen it's just a matter of time and uh, I know coach Ritter thinks the world of you for him to be able to make you an associate head coach and put that much trust in you from the jump uh, I, I absolutely love that opportunity for you too so excited man to, to keep talking some more so speaking to coach Ritter let's go ahead and jump into BC tell us what tell us three things that makes him uh, especially at what he does, and then follow that by what just makes uh, Bethune-Cookman a unique place? Uh, Man, Coach Ritter, man, that's like, like in this business, obviously relationships mean everything. You know what I'm saying? And we, we talked about it a minute ago. We spent so much time together as coaches, as programs. Man, the blessing that I have in my life where like I'm working with what I consider to be my best friend, like me and this dude, I was in this dude's wedding, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's I've, his daughter, my daughter, like the relationship, it extends way beyond what we do X and O wise when we step in between these lines with our guys. And so, you know, things that make him special, I could give you some cliche stuff about, you know, Coach is a knockout recruiter. He's a great relationship guy. He's a great motivator. I mean, yeah, all coaches have some skill set in that stuff. But the reason why I think Ryan Ritter is the top notch and the reason why I'll put my life, my livelihood in his hands, bro, is the authenticity. Like, he's going to give you the truth, the real, all the time. You can ask guys that play for us, guys we recruit, guys that work with him, anybody that come into in the contact with Ryan Ritter, they'll tell you he raw. Like he is real, real, real. You know what I mean? And as somebody who invests a lot, I, I coach with my heart, I live with it. Like I, I can't help but to say like, that's the type of dude that I want to align with. You know what I mean? Like that's the type of guy you want to be with. Um, and then another thing that, you know, honestly, man, and he won't probably want me to say this on here, but I got to tell people about him, man. It's like, this dude is so humble. Like this dude got so much humility and it's so natural. Like it is, it's so, it's so really who he is, right? Like you talk to people who play with Coach Ritter, you talk to people who know him, they'll tell you, man, it's always the group above himself. You know what I mean? It's always the team first, his assistants first, the players first. Like 
everything in his life, his wife and daughters first, like everything in his life is that way. And as somebody who is very close in age to me, he's left such an impact again, because I'll tell you the truth. I ain't really that way by nature. You know what I mean? My coaching career, my playing career, a lot of that was driven by, you know what I mean? My own ambitions that I have for myself. You know what I mean? Things that I aspire to be. And I looked at how successful he was and how much passion he still also shared. And still, man, he just, he puts everything in the world around him in front of himself. You know what I mean? And so those are the things right away that to me, that make him special because that's a special trait. That don't got nothing to do with coaching. He could take that into any industry in the world. I mean, honestly, he don't even got to work. He could just do that as a man and that make him a special person. You know what I mean? And so that right there in itself is what make him different to me than a lot of people that I meet in the business. Um, and then also Bethune Cookman and you and I kind of just touched on a little bit. Bro, it's a hidden gem in terms of the talent that's accrued here. You know what I mean? When you think about the president of our university and his resume and where he come from, you know what I'm saying? He just secured $13 million in additional state funding for our university six months into the job. That's a high level dude, you know what I mean? Our athletic director, our VP of intercollegiate athletics, this dude is the athletic director of the year in the country. That's Duke and Carolina and all these high level schools. This dude is the, the AD of the year, you know what I mean? Ryan Ritter. 40 for 40 in the ESPN. This is low major, MEAC, small time, presumed school. And I'm telling you, we got giants in our industry right here. You know what I mean? To me in itself, that's what really make our spot really special. It's the people. And I know it's a cliche thing where people always go, man, we got great people that we work with. And yeah, that's that's dope. But I'm telling you, like, when we bring recruits in here and people come in our, our program, people that are touching their lives, not only do they care about them, they got the pedigree and the resumes behind it and the backing that's going to open doors. It's going to stand on the legacy that the school built on. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I know right now is real popular. HBCU is a term that people, you know, trying to figure out like what's HBCU and what's that life all about. Man, Bethune-Cookman is one of the only schools that's named after an African-American person. It's founded by an African-American person. And if you guys dig into the history of the school and the university and the legacy behind what it stand on be uh, Dr. Mary McLeod, this lady had the, four, the foresight, like back then to see like, she took a dollar and 50 and bought a dump in the town and put a, and started a school with five little girls back in 1900, you know what I mean? And we standing here today in 2020 on that legacy right now. Like that to me is profound. You know what I mean? When we all work for universities and we all got pride in the schools that we coach that we coach at. And I feel like this place brings so much to the table that, like I said, like every day, bro, I'm lucky. Like this isn't this not work. This is life. This is a, 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 a calling. You know, our, our VP, he says that all the time. Our athletes, this is our ministry, you know what I mean? And the athletes that we come into, those are the, the, the guys that we have an opportunity to minister to. You know, so whether it be basketball or football or whatever, this is a place where it's encouraged for the coaches to live and, and pour into the athletes 360 and to be in there. And then to take it a step further, you know, the one thing about a smaller school and a school with our background, you know, is, is founded in faith. So we're a private institution. It's not necessarily religious based, although we got backing with the, you know, United Methodist Church. We can talk freely about, you know, religion. We can talk freely about race. We can talk freely about a lot of things that 
help us as coaches be very connected to our guys. You know what I mean? The relationship that we able to build is just a, the platform, the school itself is stand on that. You know what I'm saying? And so we can go deeper than just hoops and talk about, you know, the men that we trying to cultivate in this program on a regular basis. It's like, you know, Cookman go, like I said, it's, a, it's, a, it's where it's at. And, you know, it's one of those deals where like, when you come and you in the gym, the game is like, wow. I ain't been the environment, you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. We, you know, the re, you walk in and you're thinking like, oh man, it's kind of a humble spot. You know what I mean? And then you walk out of there and you're like, bro, that was one of the best three hours experiences I had. You will be a fan sweating from the energy that come in the gym. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way that the university is. And that's why I say like, I love it as a coach because I get to do this, but we all know, man, basketball is such a small part of our job. I mean, we deal so much with, you know, going to academics or going to the cafeteria, going to the dorms, going to all of these other things that happen in our job. And when you got that energy and everything that's around the university as a whole, like I said, it's small, it's got a very humble kind of feel to it, but I tell you, man, it's giants here, man. (laughs) Like for real, just roaming around, like just actual giants in the industry. Well, speak, speaking of Giants, obviously very well said by you. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if y'all got any extra letters of intent so I can sign based on that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I remember you used to be able to shoot that thing. Come on. A little, a little something <laughs> slight, man. Something slight. But no, uh, very well said. Very, very well said. It's no wonder why you guys have been able to kill it in recruiting with, with you leading the way on pitches like that and, and Coach Ritter closing deals. But, I'm all about uh, that, man. Yes. Of course, of course, you've been around. A lot of great coaches. I remember back when you were in South Alabama and at the G, at I think it was a GMI uh, coach uh, Arrow just running behind you, just like, well, I don't know what court I'm going to next, but he knows. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, the good old days, man. But you've been around a lot of greats, so you definitely will be able to identify with Coach Ritter what, what makes him great. I, I think it's um, says a lot about you and you guys' relationship. For I don't know, you have such a best friendship kind of relationship. I know uh, Coach Bostic's worked with. Golding and Tanner, and they have a similar type relationship, and, and it's led to championships and them doing some really historic things. I'm sure you guys are doing on your way to doing some of the same, but for you to be able to speak to him as a man and talk about that's what makes him great uh, says a lot about you and says a lot about him. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet. I know I will. Uh, I think we might have talked once when uh, back when he was at Daytona about big fella that came to Lamar. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, uh, definitely, definitely great on that. And then the school, I think you did a great job just kind of painting the picture uh, of the school and kind of what makes it special and what makes it unique. So appreciate that. Uh, so tell us last two things on Bethune. Uh, tell us about the staff and then also tell us about in these four categories, what do you love about what you guys do offensively? What's one thing you love defensively recruiting and culture? I'll remind you if you need it, but go staff first and then, one thing you love about those things. All right. Um, I mean, starting with the staff, I mean, again, I go back to Coach Ritter. It started with him. His first thing he did, I feel like, was bring in me, somebody that he felt close with. And that sentiment echoed to everything else. You know what I mean? I got to mention the guys that came with us. Um, we had Jeff Claypacks with us, who's uh, in this game. People who, you know, don't know, has been a lot of places, won championships. Him and Coach Ritter played together, man, uh, back when they was coming out of high school back up in Ohio. And uh, that relationship, you know, led to the opportunity. And he was one. Uh, Woody Taylor, who's on our call, who now over at Asheville. Again, a guy that is from Orlando, played uh, in this area, kind of like a little local legend, so to speak. And Coach brought him in. 
uh, it's all about relationships and coach is big on loyalty. He big on having guys around him. Uh, he'll, he, again, he probably don't want me giving too much insight into our conversations because we talk about a lot of, you know, intimate stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is he got an opportunity, man, at the time was second or third youngest head coach in the country. And he got his shot and it was important that he did it his way and he did it with the people around him that he wanted to have around him. And that if it was going to have success, it was going to have it on his terms. If it wasn't going to have success, he was going to go down with the people around him. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, today, you know, what we got, man, we got Denver Cobb on our staff who is from here, play with coaching college, um, is, a dude that is as relentless, man, as I've been around in this game, uh, worked at Texas Tech under Chris Beard, um, groomed under Mark Adams and Brian Berg. Like, this dude is a machine, B. You know what I'm saying? Like, coming over here to BCU from Tech, they just come off the Sweet 16 run, and he coming in every day working with Lotto Picks, and every day he treating this like it's that. You know what I mean? And that's a guy that we got on our staff, but that's why Coach Ritter was like, I think I'm going to bring D.C. in. You know, for those who don't know, Coach Ritter, a white guy, we work at Bethune-Cookman, HBCU. Coach Cobb, Denver, he a white guy. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, you know, perception is reality. People perceiving these opportunities and they looking at it. And I remember talking about, like, you know, Coach, like, man, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm white. I, you know, I, I, I feel like I got to give opportunities to minorities because that's what's in his heart. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want people to look at it and have, and I'm like, yo, when people know Denver and they know what he stands for, they'll get beyond all of that. You know what I'm saying? And it won't matter because like I said, he rolled his sleeves up every day and he in the trenches with the guys, the way coach Ritter is the way that I am. And then uh, obviously, like I said, alluded to coach Woody had a chance to move on and he's up at Asheville. And then we got not lucky, but, uh, another prior relationship, Donald Reyes came to us from Tulane. He's got a major high level, you know, background uh, with the operations there at Tulane, uh, came highly recommended from a lot of people in terms of his background and, and, and operations. And then he showed up and he a killer in the skill development. You know what I mean? And he, a, he he's a guy that comes in and fits very naturally with something that could be off-putting. Cause like I said, me and coach Ritter, we, we were friends, you know, him and Denver, they friends, they were roommates in college. So you a new guy coming into that. You can very easily feel like I'm not one of the guys or whatever. And one coach Ritter, that ain't, that would never be allowed for anybody in this program Two, coach Reyes as himself is a guy who don't take no for an answer. He's very comfortable in who he is and his skill set. He know what he brings to the table. And it's like, you know, he had some opportunities here or there. And I'm like, man, they had a, they had a killer over at Tulane. They ain't even know it. You know what I mean? The, the networks that he got. And like I said, the way that he is on the floor and obviously what he was allowed to do in terms of the operations there, he's bringing that experience to us. I mean, between the three of us fellas, we mean, we, we in here operating what I feel like would be like, you know what I mean? Like, the Power Rangers, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, we all go loop, we gonna group up, whoever, everybody bring what they bring to the table. And then ultimately, hopefully the guys that put on our uniform, their lives is transformed. And that's one thing that is big for Coach Ritter. When you think about our staff, it's built on guys that wanna be transformative. They don't wanna be transactional. You know what I mean? We don't want guys coming in and out and whatever. It's like, you gotta come here and have a mark and leave a mark and it gotta be so, you got to lead with your heart in this program or you'll get swallowed up. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, you won't survive, you know? And so um, that's our staff. 
Um, you know, I'd be remiss too if I didn't, you know, shout out, you know, some of the some of the other guys, man, like our athletic trainer, Theodora Scott, like, yo, this lady, she in the trenches with us, like on a regular basis, like giving up her weekends and doing things. But she does that because she is around us and she understands that being a part of the program it's life. It's not nine to five. It's not basketball season. This is the life that we have. And you know what I'm saying? Joining a part of that, the same thing, uh, coach James Whitener over in the strength and conditioning facility, man, like we got our own strength and conditioning coach. This dude will show up to our guys apartments who live off campus and put them through work when, you know what I mean? We can't get into this spot or that spot or I mean, like I said, the, the commitment to excellence. And I alluded to it when I talked about our university, it extends beyond our staff. But our staff is just a microcosm of that. You know what I mean? Like it's a commitment to the student athlete experience, you know, above all. And so, you know, I've been on some staffs where, you know, again, everybody might have got along, but everybody may not have always came in with that vigor. And, you know, everybody always at different stations in their life. They had different stations in their career. They got different skill sets. And sometimes they don't always blend perfectly. You don't always mesh. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel real, real lucky, man, that this situation, it fit, but I'm not going to sit here and say like, it's always easier. It's always rosy. You know what I mean? But the commitment is like being married. You know what I mean? Ain't no divorcing up in here. You know what I mean? When you win, you win. So that's how it is, you know? No, that was awesome. That was awesome. Love to see the passion for the staff. Uh, you want me to say something about like what Yeah, I no, you're good. You're good. So what so what do you like? What's one thing you love about off your offense or that you do offensively, defensively, in recruiting and in culture? And then we'll open up to the audience for uh questions. Okay. Uh I, I won't be long winded. Y'all y'all getting me right now. So this is how I am. If y'all know me, I'm long winded like that. So this is how it'll be. So y'all be feel free to jump in. But uh, offensively, um, one thing that I love we do, if I'm going to just keep this real short like that, I love that we offensive rebound with the best of them. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's a it's an effort stat. It's something that it don't measure your stars. It don't measure your level, high major, low major. Like, when you offensive rebound, that show that show up in the area to me that matter. And that's your heart and, and your fortitude. You know what I mean? And so we do that at a high level. We've done it, you know, ever since we've been here. Uh, defensively, uh, we're, we we flex, man. Like we, you know, that first year we were all matchup zone. The next year we were all man. This year we were very multiple. We've changed our ball screen coverages. We evolved to what fits our personnel, to what the guys will fly around in. You know what I mean? Like we really commit to being good defensively and not being rigid defensively. We want to be good, not, you know what I'm saying, kind of set. Um in recruiting and that's you know the lifeblood of the program that's area that you know everybody on our staff already knows is where we got to always be you know very very invested but the thing that i love the most about it is we honest in recruiting you know what i mean we ain't i don't sell bethune cookman we don't do that we we offer opportunity for guys to be a part of what we got i feel like it's special you know what i mean and so when we offer a kid or we start recruiting a kid and build a relationship the same way that our staff is built it's the same way our team is built you know what I mean? You get 13 scholarships, you'll never see 45 offers from us. You'll never see an obscene number of point guard offers for one class. Like, we don't get down like that. When we come to recruiting, we tell the truth. And when we come to actual making decisions, we handpick the team and handpick guys that we believe 
deserve the opportunity, but also will take advantage of the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I really, really, really love that. As somebody who spends a lot of energy in recruitment, you want that to manifest itself in the right way. You know what I mean? And not be kind of just spinning your wheels or, you know. Um, and then, don't forget, don't don't forget my spot though. You didn't really handpick me, but I kind of put myself in that position. Don't forget <laughs> my spot now. <laughs> you in there? You are, you know, like you know how it is. You handpick because we family. You know. All right, just making sure. I'm just making right, sure. You okay. got 13. I need one of those. Hey, you know what it is, man. Uh, and then what was the uh, what was there was one more culture. Uh, our culture, man. We got to we got to real like uh, refuse to make excuses. Culture, like you know, what I'm saying, Coach Ritter is real big on like we don't make excuses in the program. You know what I mean? Coaches don't make excuses for stuff. Players don't make excuses for stuff. Like you, you get it done find a way to get it done. You put your best effort in there. If obviously that don't have success, you man up and try again. You know what I'm saying? And so those are things, again, as a man, as a person, I can stand behind first. And so that's why, you know, those would be the things that I love the most about our program. Cause I feel like they are things that I want to embody in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. High level, high level stuff. Uh, Coach, you you made you made that easy, man. I didn't have to ask too much, man. You made that easy for me. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, you talk, hey, you talk about two things I love: me and basketball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. Let's right, uh, keep let's, it real. Keeping it real. Let's open up for questions, comments. Said I know you got something brewing over there. As you you've been waiting on you, you know, push your commerce small, and now you got it big. Just so yeah, let's open up for 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 three to four, maybe five questions, and then get to the basketball side. So just hit unmute if you have a question. You don't have to I wait mean, on me. And here, fellas. Uh, what's going on, bro? So Maybe. Coach talked about how he was groomed to be a coach, and I know that to be true. We would spend all night playing NCAA basketball 01, but we wouldn't play any game. We'd just play franchise mode and be recruiting for 15 seasons straight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds like me a little bit. My brother said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. That's when I knew he was going to be different. Hey, that hey, it's funny, man. This dude just told y'all a real live, like, talk about 15 to 20 year video game career as a coach, as like a little kid, though. You know what I mean? He's trying to recruit prospects and develop. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> grind and recruit. Yeah, yeah. Even then, I knew I, I knew where I was cut out. Be just get out there. I couldn't play that good, so I just get out there. I get the best players to come play with me. <laughs> My question for you: As you transition from, uh, you know, being the head coach at Southeastern to, you know, now being an assistant again, but Thune, what was that transition like for you? Was it difficult, or what? A, what it was, you know, I know Coach Ritter is kind of your guy, but yeah. kind of what was that transition like for you going from being a head coach back to being an assistant again? Great question. Great. Question. Uh, man, <laughs> it, it it's funny. It was a major, major change because I ain't in charge of the schedule. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Coach Ritter say when we having meetings. Coach Ritter setting what time and sat. So those are the areas that like you really have a major difference. But you know, for me again, because I believe in what he's doing so much here with the program. I don't got to really concede that much because, you know what I mean? He's so collaborative. You know what I mean? Not just myself, Coach Cobb, Coach Reyes. Like, we all get to sit in there and have input in what we do offensively and what we do defensively and every every facet of the program. You know what I mean? And, again, yeah, he the one who ultimately got the win-loss record going one way or another, but he's a guy that 
is always, like I said about him, is putting others in front of himself. So, you know, in terms of transitioning, the difficult part of it, again, was just, you know, just being more of a silent person and not necessarily, you know, I remember that first year I had to like grip my seat because I was I was the guy that was standing up and I'm talking to the officials because that's what you do as a head coach. You, you know, you trying to win the basketball game and coach is like, hey, man, get out my way because <laughs> he a guy that like to stand up and be walking up and down. You know what I mean? It's so like, hey, man, you got to move like hey, you move right here or whatever. So. Um, the transition wasn't difficult because of he and I's relationship and because of who he is and the, the unison and what we believe in. Um, but obviously, you know, I, I do think that there is, you know, it, I mean, it, I'd be remiss to say, like, it's the same. You know what I mean? No, great question, uh, little brother. We appreciate that. Let's take let's take a few more for the for our special guests. Don't be shy out there, man. I got I got I got one for him, man. Um, so. Obviously, you've been coaching for a long time, and as a coach, man, I'm pretty sure you've grown and learned so much from assistant to coach now. Um, it's easy to talk about strength nowadays for everybody. So, but what you've been coaching, been in the game so long, what do you feel like is maybe one of your weaknesses or something that you feel like you can improve on still being in the game so long as far as a coach? Oh, man. The, I mean, I, there's so much, you know what I mean? You you know, you've been around me as a young, young coach. Um, and just as a person, like I'm always trying to be better, you know what I mean? And always trying to evolve as, as a person. Um, you know, the, the biggest area now in my career is I want to figure out how to be, you know, as passionate as I am now. I want to have longevity with this B. You know, I like, you know, for you as a young guy that's coaching, you look at me like, man, coach, you've been coaching for a long time. I look at a guy like Jeff Price. I look at guys like Steve Ritter, Coach Ritter's dad. I'm a baby in coaching still. You know what I mean? These guys got eons of years and time. And so when I try to view where I'm at in the game, man, I'm, I'm toddler still. You know what I mean? In terms of what I can, you know, what I know. And then also, uh, you know, where I kind of view it. So that's not to say, like, I don't think that I'm, you know, good at what I do or I don't, you know, have confidence in what I bring to the table. But, you know, I think that the biggest thing that I'm challenging myself with is I want to have this same fire 30 years down the road. I want to be, you know, I want to be fired a couple more times and still getting up and doing it. You know what I mean? And, and, and I want to have staying power. You know what I mean? Like that's the one thing that I think that I'm really focused on now is like, I want to do it. You know what I mean? I think early I felt like I did it because it was like, you know, I played and then I coached and that was the thing to do. And now, like I said, I'm two feet in years and time. I want to do it, man. And, you know, all of us who do it, we know it ain't, it's hard to get into the business, um, but it's even harder to stay in. You know what I mean? Because again, you it, there, there's sleepless nights. There's times that you know we as as coaches don't get the credit. We're doing things that you know you feel like, man, I got a master's degree. Why would I be doing some 18 year old kid laundry? Well, because I need him to, to be ready for practice tomorrow. You know what I mean? Those are the things that you want to always just challenge yourself to. You know what I mean? Love, love what you do. You know what I mean? And, and continue to reinvent what that is. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, you young, you love to recruit, right? And then, you know, when you get a chance to get the clipboard, you love to put your stuff in motion and if coach give you a chance to break something down. You loving that. And when you have autonomy, head coach, associate head coach, you get up to that, you got to continue to challenge. You know what I mean? And again, the game itself is the love, but that would be that B. Yeah, great. Great question and a big time answer. As you can see why he graduated in three years and got his master's in one. He just used words like Eon. I think he said something else. Earlier. <laughs> Yo, did he just say that? So, yeah, we, you can see it ain't just all ball with this dude. He got a lot of intellect, man. That's what I've always loved. Uh, 
Go ahead, Seth. I know you got something for me. Big time. What up, Nick? What's Same up, Seth? Uh, you know. Commerce Lions, stand up, baby. Let's go. Uh, no, back for life, baby. Yeah. Hey, man, what's some of the traits, man, when you out there recruiting? What's some of the traits you out there looking for when you out there looking at those youngsters, man? Uh, I mean, man, say that that's a, such a loaded question, but it, it's true because, you know, when you're young, you're just evaluating talent, right? You walk in the gym, who the best guy in here, who jumping the highest, who the biggest guy in here, your eyes do so much more of the evaluation. And then the older you get and the more experienced you get, and obviously, you know, having a chance to work for different guys, you know, one of the things that I'm really looking for is I'm looking for guys that Coach Ritter love coaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm sitting out there, I'm looking for dudes that, like, he going to be fired up to be working with every day, looking for guys that want to come in, that I'll be fired up, that Denver and Donald will be fired up, that our players will be fired up to play with. And that comes in so many different packages. You know what I mean? Like, that means so many different things when you out there evaluating. Um you know, and, you know, again, coaches, I'm looking for winners and I'm looking for guys that come from winning programs and all of this. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Those are, you know, good traits and things to have. But, you know, I think one of the beauties of a, being a coach is I like to take guys that's a little maybe rougher around the edges or a guy who may not have a pedigree or may not have a name and help him get to that space. You know what I mean? And, and have that mode. Again, the love for the game is what kind of bring you in the gym every day. And so you want to be in there with guys that want to be coached, that guys that want to be better. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I think that that's the number one thing today. That like when I go and I'm watching, it's easy to tell who could play division one. It's easy to tell who could play high major. Like those, those things your eyes can tell you. And when you do this and love the game, you can see it. But to find guys that fit Bethune Cookman and to find guys that, you know, like I said, we ain't offering five guys for one spot. You know what I mean? We one or two guys for one spot. We got a hit. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't be missing if you, you know what I mean, in that situation. And so you're looking for you looking for good fits, if that makes sense, if that answers your question. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Coach Taylor, how are you? Coach Kareem Brown from Niagara County Community College. Good. Hey, um, what is your, I guess, feel and and take on what's going on in society and how the black adults voice is going to be a lot bigger come September. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I'm glad you asked that Kareem too, not to cut you off. I was going to get to that one in the end, but I'm glad you got to it so we can get straight <laughs> to it. Uh, well, I'll tell you this Kareem. I, I'm black and I'm proud of that. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that like, I wear always with pride. I always have as a young person, you know what I mean? I owe my parents that they've always instilled in me having pride in being who I am. And so I think that, you know, the way that our world is moving, I'm somebody that I feel has tried to be attentive to, you know, where our social, you know, cues are, where people kind of, you know, interact with one another and where we're at today and the things that are going on in our country, I think is beautiful. And I think that, you know, it's the struggle that I think is really beautiful. You know, it's it's the the protest. It's it's as as tough as this is to say, it is the death. It is the unrest. You know what I mean? It's the reality of what we're dealing with as black people in our country, as white people in our country, that we're talking about this stuff on the front, on the front lines, people who may not have ever even saw quote unquote race are now starting to talk about race. And so I think that is 
a very pivotal time in history. It's something that I'm very encouraged by seeing so many young people, you know what I mean? The, my student athletes, other guys that I'm recruiting, uh, you know, obviously other young coaches, older coaches, just people in general in the game that I love, having an opinion about where we're at as a country. And then to me, dialogue is what always will help advance our society, right? So the more that we can talk about the differences between one another, the easier it is to see the similarities between one another. And I think that we all have a very unique chance right now to, like you said, like understand better how politics work, understand how our voices can be heard and to have more unity and more quote unquote education about the process and where we are as citizens to be truly democratic. Like you wanna be in a democracy, like you gotta be a part of it. You know what I mean? You can't just be a, in the society and sit back and go, oh, I live in America. Being an American is participating in an election. It's, it's knowing what's going on. It's having enough voice. And so, um, you know, for where we are as a society, I got lots of opinions about different things. So, you know, I'd love if anybody else got other questions about this. This is something that I really, really have strong views about. But uh, Coach Brown, man, I think that, you know, right now in our history, we got a chance right now to put our mark on the history books. You know what I mean? The, the 2020, you know, years of unrest will be mentioned in my, my six-year-old daughter's history book. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can every day to impact that. Because, you know what I'm saying? I don't know that Martin Luther King Jr. lived his life to have a statue erected in Washington or anything like that. He lived for the people that he was with every day. And I'm not no Martin Luther King Jr. by any stretch. But the philosophy behind that, that's what I want to stand on. You know what I mean? I want to make life better for people that's on this call, for people that's not, and all of that. And we all need to be doing that. That's something that I, I, I believe in my heart. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I'm obviously very open. Me and Coach Ritter talk about it a lot, white guy to black guy. But I'm, I love for people to just, let's talk, man. Let's, let's discuss our society and what we can be doing to, to, to make a difference. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just a, just as a, a follow up, do you think you feel being at an HBCU that you have a, a bigger voice um, with uh, with some of the things that are going on? Um, I, I don't know if I would call it bigger, Coach. You know what I mean? Because the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of people in the world and in the country that don't know nothing about Bethune Cookman or even understand what an HBCU would be. So we are still, you know, we're we're small private school. We got our due diligence to impact the, the lives that we come into. But as a college basketball coach, as somebody who's going to come into contact with lots of people, I definitely think that, you know, I got an opportunity that, you know, I need to make a stand, you know what I mean? And I will say this, I do think working at the HBCU has given me more confidence to do so, you know what I mean? And one thing that I think that has happened is a lot more coaches, a lot more minority coaches, they speaking up about the stuff that they passionate about, you know what I mean? And in the society, we haven't always had that confidence. We haven't always had that, that ability, you know, Coach L, you know, you ain't always been able to go to an interview with your hair bunned up like that because that's not going to be something that people, you know, have or have that vision. I remember being somebody as a young man, I couldn't have my locks and being that. And so I think that working here has given me more confidence, you know what I'm saying, to have that. But I wouldn't say that it's given me a bigger platform. I mean, at the end of the day, Coach K going to get more views than anything that I tweet or Instagram, you know what I'm saying? But my job is equally as important to advance my culture. You know what I mean? If not more because of who I am and, and the lives that I am coming into contact with. Appreciate it. Yeah, great.
Kareem always has great thought-provoking questions. Uh, well-spoken answer, not surprised. Let's do this. Let's go to the basketball presentation from Coach, and then we'll have one more question segment at the end. So, Coach, go ahead and uh, let me see if I can make sure you can share your screen. Can you share your screen already, Coach? You just you just it said you disabled it. Hold on, I'm on I'm on the iPad that we we, we got to figure this out. I got you. AOB, why you uh trying to figure it out? You mind if I ask questions? Yeah, go ahead, please. Hey, coach. So I got a question. So you know, you know, in the beginning, you mentioned about how you was kind of like you ain't necessarily been comfortable with like networking and just reaching out and all that. You know, what I mean, like, so what advice would you give a young dude that's on this call? To, to go out their way to like reach out, you know, build them relationships with, you know, dudes like you or, or, or whatever the case may be. Because, uh, you know, nowadays, obviously, it's about, you know what I mean, like building that relationship with those, you know, whether, you know, it's about basketball or just whatever the case may be. Maybe it's a little relationship you got with somebody where it's like Baron Steve, you know, somebody calls you like, hey, I know beef, like, what's good, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. what advice would you give a young dude, like, to just reach out, you know, start building that? as they, uh, they look to, you know, come up in the Uh Man, great question. Um, the the answer is one that's consistent to a thing that I, I challenge all my guys with, and you you remember this. You got to get outside your comfort zone, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? We all got to be comfortable living outside what we comfortable, you know, doing. Um, you know, me personally, I had to get better at the networking, at, you know, being more, quote unquote, social with people that's not in the inner circle, you know what I mean? And I think that, um, as a player, you know, you, you, we all challenge our players. If you're a good shooter, we challenge them to defend. If, you know, you're a good, you know, athlete, we challenge them to be more skilled. So we always challenging our players that, that motto would apply to the coach. You know what I mean? Walk in that, walk, walk in the talk that you have, you know what I mean? So if you young and you want to do this, man, do it, you know what I mean? And attack it and do it with a very, uh, you know, unrelenting approach. And, you know, for every no, I always like we tell, like we say in recruiting, it only take one yes, right? Like you just need one dude to give you your shot to get out there and do what you need to do. Um, but I think that that is the best advice, man. Like be outside your comfort zone, challenge yourself, um, and you know that's baby steps. You know, I, you know, I remember myself. I started with the guys I played with. So you know, as a as a as a guy, if you're not a guy who played, you know coaches. If you want a coach, you know a coach. So where high school you went to, if you didn't play there or you didn't work there, you know the coach there. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that those are the places that you can always start with the people that you know and build up that confidence and help let them connect you. Um, and the one thing that I really found, and this is you know kind of alluded in everything that I said in the story, was like people were really more willing to help you than you think. You know what I'm saying? Like people definitely, if you reaching out and you showing the initiative and you are attacking it, people definitely more willing to share information and trade secrets and stuff like that than a lot of people really think. But it ain't one of those deals where we just go and sit down and be like, hey, let me make sure I'm reaching out to seven, you know, brand new coaches. That's something we all should aspire to do as we do it because that's the beauty of, you know, life. But, you know, I mean, that's not the way it always is. So. My advice is get out there, man. Get out your comfort zone and, you know what I mean, live, you know what I mean, attack it. So, 
Yeah, I think there's a certain a great answer, Coach. Great question too, uh, for. I think there's a certain amount of fear, maybe, or, 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 you know, maybe not fear. You just think that other people ain't really trying to hear you. <laughs> but I think, I think the part that people respect, even as now I'm becoming more of a veteran coach. Same with you, and you have younger guys. It's like when the dudes have the courage or the or the initiative just to do it. It's like okay, I see yeah. you. you no, know, it it almost yeah. makes you want to feel like you have a responsibility and, and take that and say, okay, let me, this young fella's really trying, like, let me invest in this. Cause I remember what it was like, but they don't really know if you don't step out there and just go for it. And the worst, the worst that can happen is that they ignore you or they don't respond. And then you in the same spot you started. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like the pretty girl you want to take on the date. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, no, let's, let's get straight into the basketball for, 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 uh, before we get off, off, off topic. Oh uh, man, that was, I know I threw a lot at it. Uh, just in terms no, that of was great. simple concept, man. You know what I mean? Keeping it simple is one of my favorite acronyms from basketball. I can't write, keep it simple, stupid. Like it's just a kiss method. But I think that the challenge, and this is what I believe in my heart as a coach is to, you get to show off your coaching when you're able to get your guys to do simple things in a complex way, right? So we're talking about, you know, our baseline of the bounds. One of my favorite examples is Mike D'Antoni. People say like, oh, he's an offensive innovator. He run a high ball screen with a guy that's a great downhill guy, right? But the innovation is the rep the repetition of it. You know what I mean? It's the commitment that this is what we'll do for 90 possessions. And how do y'all deal with that? Those are the innovations where he's putting guys, he's putting his opposition in a situation where they got to make a decision. So when you come into a game, your offensive game plan, you know, well, what are we going to run? We're going to do what we always do. You know what I mean? And then when they try to counter it, we're going to do what we always do again. We'll do it in another way. And I think that that is where I like to hang my hat offensively. I know Coach Ritter, you know, really believes in that. And that's why, like I said, I think we always get fired up to get in there and do stuff. So, you know, it ain't as fun as maybe sitting down and watching some guys draw up a bunch of different screens or this, that, and the third. But, you know, that's that's where we challenge ourselves as coaches and on our staff to be great X and O guys, meaning we got to coach our team. Like I said, we, we don't use a lot of concepts with – you know, what are the NBA guys do or what is, you know, Coach K doing over there? I mean, I like it, but I don't got Zion. We don't got, I don't got Curry, right? We don't have that. So I got to make sure that the things that we implement every day, they apply to the talent that we got. So. Yeah, phenomenal job, Coach. Let's uh, let's open for questions. We got about 15 minutes left, so let's rock it out and let's give uh, Coach everything we got as far as questions and give him the love too. I don't have a question. It's more a statement. Coach Taylor, I think I've come across you a few times through the years. I know we not don't have a great relationship, but this is the first time I heard you speak. So it's more of a, a comment than a question. You're phenomenal. You're big time. Um, I know it's on this board, but you know, I say to Brian Burton all the time, you and Deontay, some guys, y'all are huge. Yeah, big time. And you actually gave me my project for the weekend. Um, I, I like special teams. That's why I call out-of-bounds situations. Um, yeah. And I'm about to study the hell out of y'all shit this weekend. So you gave me a project <laughs> for this weekend. But you, you're yeah, a super yeah. impressive dude, man. Keep keep your energy. Like, keep your passion for this game, man. I, I, I'm so floored listening to you, man. You're big time. I appreciate that, Coach, man. It's just like I said, I, it's, it's a passion that's real. And like I said, I'm not great at always. We, I think we have come into you know contact with one another. I ain't always great at, you know what I mean, making that connection or whatever. That's something I'm trying to challenge myself with. But, 
I, you know, I appreciate the words. And, you know, again, that's, that's what I love to do, man. I, I, you know, we challenge ourselves as a staff and, you know, these guys that know me that, you know, I've been with, I challenge them, you know what I mean? All the time. And so, you know, anybody on the call, like that's that, I'm, I wanted to use this opportunity not to, you know, really highlight nothing that we're doing. I want to challenge all my coaching colleagues to, you know, let's, let's be the best we could be, man. Let's give these student athletes our very best. You know what I mean? That's, that's what, what I want to do. So thanks coach. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think just to piggyback on, um, you know, obviously I'm super biased. It's part of my coaching family. But like I said, just always had an it factor, Coach Gray, um, and still does. And, and not even just to recruit or just to, you know, the passion for the game is so evident even when you start listening to this dude talk. Like I said, I asked maybe half the questions I was going to ask because he was just so fired up to answer and go into detail and tell a story and uh, but didn't keep anybody bored and have anybody yawning or thinking, you know what I mean, keeps you – keeps you engaged and even with the film session I mean does a great job of having details of the game like I said got a got an undergrad in three years got a master's in one I, I always used to say that to him when he was young like this dude was doing stuff so uh no nah, glad 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 to hear you say that coach Greg. it means a lot coming from you yeah. hey OT yeah. hey so do you well quick question do you think for young coaches because like you know a lot of times when dudes get into business, you know, they don't necessarily know what some things that can separate them from being like, you know, one of the best or just kind of, you know, solidifying yourself in the business. So like, what are a couple of things that you say that solid, you know, separate, you know, the young coaches that are on a come up or whatever the case may be, with like perks that they can have, you know, to their coach. Cause like, I was talking to somebody the other day and it was like, you know, one of the, and it's based on what your presentation was just about, about you know, based on out of bounds and stuff like that. Uh, they were saying, you know, after timeout, you know, a special situation is something that a lot of coaches don't necessarily like take the time to really like study. Yeah. So, like, what what are a couple of things you know you say like separate dudes, you know, into or people should really like take the time out to study, you know, to separate mm-hmm. themselves, especially coming up. Uh, great question, Ferg. Um, this, this is one of the things that I, I talk to a lot of young coaches about, and I'm sure you and I have had this conversation before, but we all got to know ourselves first, right? And so, you know, I'm going to do myself a disservice if, if I'm trying to be you or if I'm trying to be Coach Gray or if I'm trying to be Coach Ritter. We got to know who we are. You got to know what you're, you got to know what you bring to the table, and it ain't always got to be necessarily what your strengths are, right? Like, I can't say that I always was a great tactician, but I always had a great passion for the game. And so I used that to get better with my X's and O's, my passion for the grain. You know, I, I watched a lot of film as a player. I watch a lot more film now as a coach. So the first advice that I can give any young coach is you got to be confident in who you are and know who you are and then own that. You know what I mean? Like have that as your forefront because you're right. When you sit down as a young guy getting into business or you're somebody who's new to a staff or let's just say you've been quote unquote pigeonholed as a recruiter or as whatever, you got to be prepared to be more if you desire to be more. And so it ain't always like, you know, I don't know how many times I suggest stuff to Coach Ritter to get a yes. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't his job to accept my suggestions. It's my job to have suggestions. And that's where, you know, I know who I am. I know what I love. I like Coach Gray. I love special situations. I love the small parts of the game. You know what I mean? Because I think that when I I start to look at coaching as a general, I think everybody likes, you know, again, to be the head coach. Everybody want to be the associate head coach or have the title of this, that, or the third. I like to look at the little ways that I can impact 
our team, but also I can help my guys figure out like free throw blocks out. How can you, you know, be better at that? Or basically, like I said, just the smallest parts of the game that are just so subtle, you know what I mean? And because again, it's the basketball purity of it. So my advice to young coaches, know yourself, be committed to who you are and own that. And then people will respect that. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times, you know, it's like you're trying to prove something to somebody. You don't got to prove it. If it is, it is, right? Like if, if you're good at something, it's going to exist the way that it is because it's, it's what it is, right? And so I think that when you're young and you're trying to, you know, prove that you can recruit or prove that you got X's and O's, don't don't prove it, have it. And you know what I mean? When that opportunity comes and, and you get it, take advantage. Like I said, luck is about preparation, meeting that opportunity. And I think that, you know, young guys, need to just prepare. And the hardest part is like, well, what am I preparing for? That's a cliche thing. Like prepare for what? Prepare for what you want, right? Like what, what, what is it that you after? Why are you doing this? Why are you signing up to be in this business and then work on that? And then if nobody ain't giving you that shot, that don't mean you should stop doing it, right? Like if nobody would ever would have told you that you could handle the rock fur, that mean you're going to stop coming to the gym and work on the ball handling. Like we got to do it because that's what I want to do. It's my desire. I, I got yeah, a question for, for Coach Taylor. Hey, 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 Grace, send me send me that presentation when you get done with it. Uh, I want to study it for real. Mommy is helping the man the Western. All the same concepts, different terminology, but same concepts. Coach Don, man, uh, first of all, phenomenal job, phenomenal job. I get I had a chance to work with you for two years. It was. I got that every day. So I'm still picking up gems. One of the things that really stuck out was it isn't the head coach's job to accept the assistant coach's suggestions, but it's our job to provide them. That is heavy right there. That is a word. Hallelujah. Amen. But, <laughs> but the question that I have for you, man, is like a lot of us on here are African-Americans. And sometimes, you know, I, I know I find myself in this position. I'm the only, only brother on staff. Um, and all of the players, they look, you know, they look like me. So yeah. I, I, I want you to kind of talk a little bit to the importance of, being able to connect with your staff and, and trying to your best to make it genuine while right. also not losing the favor with the players, because ultimately, you know, you, you got to have a good relationship with them, but it's very important to make sure, you know, these guys are talking about, well, how do we develop relationships? It starts where you are. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so kind of talk a little bit about that. Cause you, you know, you're one of the best that I've ever seen that connecting the staff. Uh, I, I, I mean, everything would, and you know this about me, everything go back to authenticity, right? Like if you, if you are authentic in who you are and what you stand on, again, you don't got to switch sides or you don't got to cut it, what we would consider to be what, what I call code switching, right? Like you ain't got to be one way with the players and one way with the staff. Like you are who you are and you commit to that always. And, you know, we, the, those of us who play, you know, when you got somebody quote unquote on the staff that is being phony about, you know, what it is that they bring into the table. Um, it's a tough thing as a young minority coach to be in the trenches with your guys and to have that relationship and to go sit in the meeting and have great professionalism. You know what I'm saying? And that's what this business is about. That's what maturing is about. You would have that in any industry, though. You could be working in, you know, like I always use enterprise because they partner with the NCAA, but you can be working at enterprise and be a young brother and be in the office and be the only brother in the office. Like that's a very strong possibility. You know what I mean? And so your ability to mature professionally is something that you got to do as a man anyway. Right. So you a young coach, you got to continue to challenge yourself always just to be better and professional in these things. But when you are true to yourself, it ain't about picking sides or being loyal to the staff or being this or that. You true to yourself. Everybody know what it is. 
And I think when you, you know, when you think about one thing that I want to be able to do and, you know, I, I want to be a connector. I want to be a great connector of our staff. I want to be a connector of our, of our, of our players between the two amongst all each other. Like one of the things that like really drive me honestly. And it's one of the things that we all do is like, I love it when it's a problem. Like I love it when we got an issue, like, you know what I mean? Like if I get a call from coach Ritter at a certain time, I know what time it is. Right. But I light up for that where a lot of times, you know, some people like, gosh, bro, I'm, I'm lighting up for a chance to, to stand in the gap and figure it out because I think again, that's what this, that's what this is about to me, right? Like what we do every day is about being in that gap and being present. As much as I'm there for our players, anybody on our staff, they know, bro, rides to the airport, babysitting gigs, it don't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you invested in the program, you invested in the family, it's what you want to do. Like I said, that's who I am. I don't just give that to the players. I'm giving that to my, I'm giving that to my coworkers. I'm giving that to my colleagues. You know what I mean? And so for all of us on the call, we got to be true to who we are. And then, you know, when you think about playing that role, quote unquote, as a middleman, as a young minority in the business and you in an industry dominated by, you know what I'm saying, white men, you got to stay true to that. You know what I mean? And again, that's a tough thing. Wood. I, I can tell you from my own experience, bro, like I'm 34 now, like I always didn't wear locks and have the confidence to be that. That came from time and investment and, and, that's where, you know, being true to me, just it, it lasted longer than the insecurity did. You know what I'm saying? Like being true to myself, it outweighed that. And that's where, you know, again, that's the challenge. You know what I mean? You challenge us as coaches, work with one another, give each other comfort to be yourself. You know what I mean? You know, me and B and all these people that I know personally, they will all tell you, like, there ain't no flip switching. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm in this mode all the time. And that's what I think will help a lot of what I consider to be young guys. When you're trying to connect to the players, be connected. You know what I mean? And, and if you enjoy video games or you enjoy some of the same music or whatever, you can have that. That don't diminish nothing about what you bring to the table in terms of your professionalism or your maturity, right? And then when you go sit in the meeting with your staff and y'all talking about, you know, guys that should play or not play, or, you know, they ask it for input on certain stuff, have suggestions. And if it gets shot down, don't be in your feelings. That's, you know what I mean? That's young, be mature about it. You know what I mean? And that's where I think that we got to continue to grow and challenge ourselves where we got to be proud about being, you got to be proud about being the only young black dude on that staff. That's a badge of honor because you have a opportunity and a duty on a lot of fronts to your staff and to those players. You know what I mean? If you if you accept that responsibility, it shouldn't feel like pressure. It should, you know what I mean? It should feel like something that, you know, you take pride in. Like I said, you're going to leave your mark on a lot of people there for that. Great answer, Coach. I think to piggyback, too, um, you touched on it, man. And, and you have always been a guy who probably was going to lean towards your, uh, as you put it, staying true to yourself versus that insecurity. But I think that's the battle when you're young in your profession is trying to figure out, okay, I want to fit in here. I want to be make sure the staff is filling me and I'm, and I'm vibing with them, but I got to stay true to who I am and I'm kind of on this side. So uh, I think just to add to what you said to answer that question too, is just as much preparation as you can be uh, as an assistant to be able to continue to gain more credibility from your staff that doesn't look like you helps you. Um, and then just pick your spots. Don't feel like you have to solve it all in a day. Don't feel like, your credibility will continue to be earned over time. And I think that's the hard part for young coaches too, 
is you want that pat on the back or that assurance to make you feel like, okay, I'm doing a good job, but it just doesn't come that fast very often. You just have to keep chopping wood, as they say, or keep pounding the rock uh, to where eventually they start seeing like this guy's consistent. He's prepared. Yeah. He has fun with the players, but he's also on point. And then they start to, uh, adapt to you instead of you having to adapt as much to them. It just takes time, if that makes sense. That's what I would add to what Coach said. Uh, I want to add one thing, Wood, and this is just, you know, my own little pep talk. You know, again, I know this ain't a question for you specifically, but to the group, man, I, I think that Coach just hit on something that's so big. It's the, it's the time investment, man. And, you know, I mean, if it's something that you love to do, you got to be willing to invest the time. We preach that to our players. You know, we – you gotta, you gotta walk the talk, man. Like, you know what I mean? And some of the things that we coach these guys on every day, you know what I mean? We coach ourselves through on a regular basis. And I think that, you know, when you get an opportunity, you know, like I said, to, 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 to make a stance or to, to have a voice, you have a duty to yourself to use it. You know what I mean? And so I think that, you know, when you look at, again, your opportunity less as a job and more as an opportunity, I think it's easier to be fired up and to not have, you know, again, your, fe- your feelings or the disappointments entangled in it. Because, again, it's like I said, you know, you bring recruits to the table and we go with another guy. You can't stop bringing them to the table, man. You know what I mean? Like, we got to just keep on rocking and rolling through it because that's the work that need to get done. And if we love it, we got to love the work. Just like you putting in time with, you know, your guards and your skill development. So it's the same. That was a good point, Coach. He snuck it entangled. I don't know if y'all caught that. That's a big <laughs> word right now. <laughs> he snuck that in there. He's an honor of Jada. He snuck oh, that in there. Uh, all love Will and Jada. Uh, let's take two more and then let's wrap it up. So anybody who has any questions, comments, anything they want to say, uh, I know hey, Coach, Ritter, Coach. Oh, Coach Ritter's on the call. Feel free to jump in too, Coach. Well, Coach T, I, I got a question that maybe you can just help some of these guys with. And, and uh, I'm going to embarrass you just for a minute because, Dre, and for everybody out there, it's you're you're seeing a small version of of Dominic. He, he's everything and more that you're seeing. He's he's as good as I've ever been around at any level. It, it doesn't matter white, black, yellow, purple, men's basketball, women's basketball. Amen. CEO. Amen. It doesn't matter. He, he's the real deal. So, um, and this is this is what I'm getting to is, coach, if you can hit on this because I think we all try to network. We all, in the back of our minds, still have some type of vision of doing something bigger or different. And um, the part that I'm so uh, appreciative is you stay two feet grounded. You 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 wake up every day and you work at Bethune Cookman like it's it's the Los Angeles Lakers, and never ever um, do you ever have two feet or one foot out the door, and yet you're so capable of doing that. Um, so can you just kind of talk about the importance of you know being where you are, but also at the same time, man? I think me and you've had enough conversations that you know if there's an opportunity that presents itself, I'm gonna be the first one. Uh, right there pushing you to to to, to make you leave because you're they're that capable. So can you just help some of these guys of the balance of those? Uh yeah. I mean, well, one, you know, I appreciate the, the kind words, you know what it is between you and I coach. And I think that um honestly I'm happy to let a lot of people into you and I little relationship just because I think that it's such a unique dynamic um and it's special. You know what I mean? And so I I I hope that you know you you know understand how much I appreciate just the opportunity beyond that and you know how reluctant I am always to get out but the truth of the matter is for me specifically that's the way that I was as a player and it's who I am as a person like when you do anything you got to put your all into it right like there's one of my favorite quotes like if you got a backup plan you preparing to back it up like you know what I'm saying like you got to go all in with what you are and 
there is no place in the world that I can have a greater impact than where I'm at. So, you know, as much as everybody on this call want to have the multi-million dollar deals being handed out in the, in the power five situations. And as much as we all maybe want to have our name in the line, like the reality of the matter is, is when we line it up every day in this office, like, like, the statement you just made when I watch, you know, uh, I think Joe is on his call. I watched Joe French, you know, muscle guys off on the road for a two point bucket that we need when we didn't know where he would fit when he first got. When I watched that, bro, that's that's what that commitment is. And so I think the challenge then for all of us is to always be that. You know what I mean? It's like treated it like a marriage, treated like something that is the most valuable thing to you if it is. And that's the way we would do it. You know what I mean? You don't have a wife and a girlfriend on the side. Like, that's not how it works. You know what I mean? And I think that here in our program, because of you, I always want to have that. Like, I want our guys, the guys who recruit, the guys that come work here, people who hear about our program, I want them to know, like, yo, I love it here. And I don't care who worked here before or anybody who came and had bad experience. I'm here to tell you this spot is where it's at. And the dude that I'm with is who it is. And that in culture and that environment is, again, to go back to what you said about not making excuses. So, you know, to to go back to just what you said about being two feet in and being present, I mean, that's great advice, coach. I mean, that's great advice to everybody on the call and everything that we do. That's why I say Coach Ritter, one of the best, y'all, because that don't got nothing to do with really ball. That's stuff that we could all apply to our every single day life. Be present, man. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's the best advice I would give myself as a young guy. I, you know what I mean? I wrote Calipari that letter and it wasn't cause I was two feet out of the door, but I was thinking about, you know I mean? The future and how it could be. And not that you should ever stop having aspirations, but you can, you can't, you can't give your all to a program if you are thinking about your next opportunity. And in my opinion, the players know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that when you line it up and you breaking down film and you working guys out and you just over the course of a season, the guy's going to know who was in there with him and who wasn't, you know what I mean? It's a, a very cliche thing for a lot of coaches to go, Oh man, I, I, I spent so much time with the players and this, and you always said, do you really, you know what I mean? Like, are you really in the trenches with these guys? Are you really invested in their life? Are you, you know, they families, you know, they backgrounds, you know, they, they fears, you know what I mean? They insecurities. Are we digging into that? And you can't do that if you're thinking about yourself, if you're thinking about what's next. And so, I, again, I I got to attribute a lot of it. This is what I you know, I said when I kind of was talking about you. I mean, you rubbed off on me in that way. Because, again, I, as a young person, I was kind of like that. I wanted to be on the on the next and the hottest in the scene. And, you know, just watching you go about your work every day as a, as a leader and as a servant, I'm like, there's another way to do it, right? And you, 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 you kind of showed me that. So, you know. Kudos to coach. I know we'll sit on here and everybody be like, oh, y'all just sit there and pat each other on the back all the time. <laughs> it's like, yo, it's my guy. And you know what I mean? Like, that's the love that's really there, though. You know what I mean? It ain't for show. It's, it's That's the real, you know, and that's why I say yes. I think that. No, that's yeah. how you do special things. I was going to say that just, just to jump in. I mean, being present where your feet are, I think, is one of the toughest challenges to follow Coach Ritter. Uh, one of the toughest challenges in this business for everybody at every level. Um, and the older you get in it, the easier it may get, but I don't know that it ever becomes easy until you just sell out for that approach and that philosophy. And to your credit, even though you said you may have had the eyes to do other things, you've always been a guy, whether it was in the show, whether, I mean, obviously guys, you have former players on the call. Um, 
you always been two feet all the way in, ten toes down, wherever you've been, and making that place feel like even when you talk about it, it's like, man, I want to be over there. What they got going? <laughs> and he make that stuff sound good. You know, I think you've always had that ability. So credit to you, man, and great answer. Great, great, great input, Coach. Glad you got a chance to to uh, chime in. That was big time. Uh, let's take one more, and then uh, let's let Coach have some final thoughts, and we'll close it out. And I got a, I got a question, man. I mean, just to talk about um, you guys' relationship, um, Coach Ryder, and then you, Coach Taylor. And so I know somebody Coach, else brought Coach up. Ritter. Huh? Coach Ritter, young fellow. Hey, I knew that I'm was sorry. coming. I'm, I'm sorry, that my was bad, coming. my bad, Coach Ritter. He, man, hey, he wanted to correct you like he was still coaching you one. Hey. He wanted to have his boys back. <laughs> hey, look, <laughs> it's all, hey, it's all good, man. He knows. I'd like a little, a little open discussion for you two. Um, I know we mentioned how some guys are probably the only African-American black on their staff. And so with you two being so close and with everything that's going on in the world, have you guys had a conversation about social justice before this? And if not, how was that conversation with you guys too now um, prior to you guys being so close and or did you guys have to educate each other? Like I said, you guys are super close. So this is probably something I probably talked about before. So kind of summarize that up for everybody, you know, just how that conversation may have went between you guys yeah, past and present. Big time, big time. Well, let's let Coach Ritter go first, and let, let's, let's let Nick go second. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we've definitely had that conversation. We've probably been having this conversation uh, for the last seven years, really, and, and it started with our first recruiting class at Daytona State. Um, you know, was it as, as, as specific and geared um, as it is right now? No, definitely not. Um, but I, but I got you know, to be honest with everyone, uh, being a white guy at an HBCU, is a unique experience. And I've, you know, I've been really fortunate. My dad's a coach. I've been around black people my whole life. It's never, never have I ever thought anything different. And I realized that was a problem because when I got what, what the last three years has really taught me, it's, it's educated me. I, I, I am fully aware. I am not a, I am not a young black guy. I can't, I will never be able to teach a black person, young black person, how to be a, 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 a uh, a black male. I just won't be able to. I'm white. <laughs> I can't do it. Now I can teach them how to be a good man. I can teach them some basketball stuff. I can, but I can never sit here and say, hey, I know what it feels like to be black in America. And for the last three years, um, having the opportunity to be at an HBCU and really understand that every, you know, maybe everything that I've learned my first 33 years, there's actually another way. There's another thought process. And then you get to form your opinions on, on, on uh, different aspects of society and culture. So for me and Coach T, man, I, he has been a blessing for me um, to have real candid conversations, but more so than conversations, the ability to change perceptions. And, um, you know, he's had so much impact, not just on me, but my wife, my daughter, my family, um, because we get to have people say hard conversations. Well, they're hard when people are ignorant. The, these are these are conversations that um, we're genuinely trying to understand viewpoints of each other and genuinely trying to make this world better. And, um, you know, the, so for us, I think, yeah, it's, it's heightened. Um, but I can't say it's anything new that's been going on here the last, you know, year, two years, whatever it may be. Yeah. I'll, I'll piggyback off coach AB. Like, you know, obviously, you know, me and coach, we, we connected when we were a lot younger and, you know, right away, you know, the energy between us, I think most people who kind of came into contact was like, you know, they got a good thing going. It's kind of a little tandem. And, uh, you know, right away, I'm black, he white. So automatically, you know, 
we got the new salt and pepper, we got the ebony and ivory, we got like all types of different things where it's like, you know, y'all don't want to punch, that's how y'all get down. And I think that a lot of times, you know, I know, you know, for me, it's always an opportunity to speak to coach very candidly, but it's also a chance for me to understand why maybe the perception of what we would consider, you know, why perception of black people is the way it is. Like he a white dude, he know. So I'm asking him like, what do you think about this? Or, you know, what is your experience with that? And he's got obviously friends and family and people that he's been in, in, in his life that he's coming in contact with that he can share their experience. And so for me, I know that having him, who he is, and obviously looking the way he look, it's, just, it's been very, very beautiful to me because I think that what I love to do, just as we talk about modeling behavior for our players, I like to model that for society, right? Like we role models as coaches, people look up to us, you know, when we go into places. And so as much as I got black love, we got to be able to have, you know, white love. There got to be a situation where, you know, we have the onus to have pride in who we are and to not be defined by them. And I don't like to use the term us and them, but to for the sake of the conversation, like black people got to not be defined by white people and the stigmas and the social cues and the, the things that they have about us, that don't, that don't make it what it is because somebody might call you a thug, don't make you a thug, right? And one of the things that for me was super important when I first started coaching and, you know, Coach Ford can attribute to this and the guys that have been with me from a young, like where I'm from in Grand Rapids, like I got very humble beginnings. You know what I mean? Like I don't, like Pops was a coach and in a lot of circumstances, but my life wasn't always in a space where I was destined to have a master's degree or none of that. Like I don't come from a place where it was expected that I would go to college. You know what I mean? And so having that opportunity and then being in the situation where I got opportunities to sit there for me, I always look at every experience, every interaction with any person as a chance to tear down stereotypes. You know what I mean? So when you think about, you know, for y'all who don't know, I got some tats that's very visible from, you know, when I was younger. Obviously, everybody can, you know, see the hair situation. I remember when I was a lot younger before I grew the hair, I used to rock a thicker beard and everybody would be like, yo, you got to. And for me, it was always a way that I could stay true to me because when I was young, I always liked hair. I, I worked real hard. Anybody who played with me will tell you I worked hard on growing a beard, guys. I was the struggle beard guy when I was super young, you know what I mean? And so when you get those things and that's who I was, I wanted to be able to have that. And as people have questions and they try to have those, you know, judgments, I try to use my opportunity to be always like, oh, I man, you're using these words or that. I love that, you know what I mean? That's one of the things that, you know, when I went to school, I loved to sit in the classroom and the teacher to think that I, I was just one of the guys on the team that was trying to get passed through. You know what I mean? And I would be the one that, like I said, I'm going to raise my hand and answer this question in the class of a hundred or something people. You know what I mean? And I want to have that type of attention. And I, I've always had that approach, but I think that for where we are in this conversation, and I think to go back to the society, you know, we, we got to we got to set the example. And I'm not saying me and Coach Ritter, our job is to cure racism, right? But we got an opportunity as real live brothers to let people know that like, it's not that color don't matter. It's that color matters enough that it ain't the most important part of the relationship, right? So I think that a lot of times the excuse is always, I don't see color. You've got to see color. You know what I mean? You got to have pride about being black, just like as a white person, you got to have uh, respect at the fact that it's harder for black people in our country and has been for a long time, right? Those are truths that we got to live. But the reality of it is, 
is what is it that we want for our society, right? We want togetherness. Well, then what we gotta be, we gotta be together. You know what I mean? We gotta do that and have that, that, that unity. So it ain't ever like me and Coach Ritter gonna get together and be like, hey man, let's put a good front together and show people that black and white can stand. It's real, that's my guy, you know what I mean? And it don't matter what it is. And so for me, hopefully that shows our players, it shows the other people that we come into contact with. I know Coach Ritter probably deals with some stuff that he might not share with me as a white dude leading the HBCU program, you know what I mean? Because they're probably people who got opinions about that. But I think what he's able to do and what we're using our platform to do, the same thing that NBA guys and college coaches at high levels or whatever, they're just speaking out. I want to live it out. Kawhi said something about it, like, oh, I ain't putting nothing on my jersey. I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing. I'm going to keep putting that action in the play. That's, I mean, that's real life, B. You know what I mean? And this is where we talked about earlier in this call. We all at a point in history, man, we're going to get a chance to, to leave a legacy. You know what I mean? And then make a difference and make a stand. And we shouldn't be doing it to have statues erected. We should be doing it because this is the world we want to live in. If you really believe that we are equal and we should be one accord, you got to live that every day. You got to bring that to the table in everything that you're doing. You know, so, uh, you know, long-winded answer, but the truth of the matter is, like I said, I think that, you know, more people need, like I said, it ain't hard discussions. It's not a hard topic to talk about black and white. What it is, is it's uncomfortable because there's some ignorance and people got to be more comfortable to admit, I don't know what it's like to be white. Like coach will tell you, he don't know what it's like to be black. He don't know. You know what I mean? <clears throat> no, that was great. Coach Ritter, thanks for your input on that, man. Really appreciate you opening up and a great job by you. I think the part where it becomes challenging or hard is people that aren't in this space. Like, let's be honest, Coach yeah. Ritter's been around black people his whole life. His dad coached, he's coached, he's at an HBCU. Like, it's comfort for him, whereas a lot of white people it's not comfort for. You know, right. that's, just, that's just the reality. So I think that's where the challenge comes in. And I credit Coach Ritter for um, – you know, just being who he is, period, because he's going to be able to help be a big part of the solution in his own ways, in his own circles, and then that will spread and spread and spread slowly but surely. But it takes it takes some people that are on the majority of anything to help the minority, you know, uh, and even not to get off topic, but I think we all, and, and credit to our best bucket getter on the call as the lone female uh, other than Ms. Miller is – you know, the Me Too movement, like, men don't understand what that's like. We have no idea. So we had to take a step back and really evaluate some things differently and look at, like, how we're respecting women differently and how, I mean, look at how every school has Title IX training now, and it's it's become a main part of what we do. And, and, and so I think this part of it is very similar because there are a lot of people that don't understand the plight of being Black, and that's okay. But there's also a lot of people who may not be as open to Coach Ritter as learning that. So that's the part where the difficult conversation comes in. So not to get off topic uh, either, but um, uh, I want to make, make a comment on what you said. Yeah, yeah. I know it, Coach it, Ford wants something too. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's so true, though, man. Like you said, Coach Ritter got a unique experience because he was around. He grew up around black people. So there there is a level of comfort there. But the one thing that I love about sports is it it. It, it tears down those barriers, right? Like we can look at some of our most racist states in terms of things that have happened in the past in the South and all of those quote unquote people who may have ignorance or may not have that exposure, they fans of programs that field large numbers of minorities, right? Large numbers of African-Americans. 
And that's where I think, like I said, our duty as coaches, we have the space. We got to continue to empower and continue to push that out so that it creates that environment where they have exposure, right? Like yep. when you grow up in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, and you don't know any black people, you know what I'm saying? And yep. your only experience is what's being shown on the news or what's yep. being portrayed in history. Then it's our job as young black people on this call or white people on this call or people who have mentorship and leadership influence to make sure that we're using our platform to make sure that we can reach them in some regard. We coach kids from those areas. We interact with people from those areas. And so that's why it's so important that we model this behavior and we live it so that they can they can have those experiences. They may not ever come up and speak to me, but if they ever see me interact with other people, I want them to say, there, I know some educated black people. You know what I'm saying? And I think that one thing that me and Carl Ritter talk about is it goes both ways, right? I was a kid that before I went to college, I didn't have no white friends. I didn't grow up in an area where there was a lot of white people. You know what I mean? My city is a very Caucasian place, but the area that I was in, in it, I would have never known that, right? Until you get older and get out and experience. Well, that works on both ends. So this is where, you know, again, Coach Ritter's experience, it's a double-edged sword. I got some guys on my team that don't know any white people who care about them. And he gives them that on a regular basis on the same end. And that in itself is changing lives because now when they interact with people who don't look like them or they go out and experience, they can help change the narratives. And that's really what this whole movement, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, all we want to do is control narratives, right? We want to make sure that people know really who we are and not who they perceive us to be. So you made a good point. I wanted to just make sure that I got that out there, that it is easier for us because we work in sports and sports usually, quote unquote, you know, blend colors, but they fans of ours, right? Like, you know, coaches have fans, players have fans. We we got a chance to influence the world through our through our sport. We got to take that. You know what I mean? That's why yep. I say it's important that we have these conversations. No, big time stuff, big time stuff. And, and and you bring up a big, really powerful point that probably hasn't been brought up as much. And that is that a lot of, it goes both ways. And so a lot of black men or women may not have had positive experiences, not only with white people, but also take it a step further with police. So the way that it's looked at is like, well, that's the enemy because I don't know any positive experience. So we, bo- we all have a responsibility to just, like you said, walk the walk and understand. And not only do we need to ask questions, share and listen, but also model the behavior that we want people to see us differently. And we want them to see whoever the opposite, whether it's whoever it may be, to, for them to have a different experience than maybe what they have in their head. So I really appreciate both of you guys uh, breaking that down. I know Coach Ford has something before we close he wanted to uh to ask yeah let me jump in here real quick appreciate it coach. uh great bro. great edge up too by the way coach great edge up oh, man appreciate that's it that's self done right there that beard that ain't bad uh but you know that's that's a really powerful discussion you guys have a lot of good things to say i kind of want to ask more of a, a personal question to you bro um, when you were presented the opportunity to, you know, go to Bethune with Coach Ritter, I know that's your guy. Did you have any reservations or do you have any now about kind of being pigeonholed as an HBCU coach and you, you know, can't uh, coach at, you know, PWIs or, you know, things of that nature? And then second thing al- along those lines, um, you know, you talked about growing your hair out and you got locks now. You haven't always had long hair. 
do you think that having long hair and having locks is going to prevent you from having head coaching opportunities in the future as ADs and presidents look at you as a young black man with, with locks, they might shy away from, you know, hiring you in the head coaching position. Uh, man, beautiful question. Bring, bring in the heat. Hey. Bring in the heat. Real, real hey, quick. Real, hey. real quick, though. You got you to gotta define what PWI is so everyone else knows, since you know, and some of us know, what, what is that, Coach? So just for the people that are listening. You don't know. That's a predominantly white institution. I'm predominantly. <laughs> just, just, go ahead. Just uh, making sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to go back to the first question, uh, the reservations um, – no, because again, it it's, it's it's Ritter, and again that that in itself is a luxury, right? Because again, our relationship helped appease some of kind of where I wanted to see myself and where I wanted to go, because I know who I was going with. So that kind of helped some of it. But the truth of the matter is, and this is something that again, I'm I'm I've evolved, I've matured. My why for coaching it ain't rooted in the perception of other folks or the opportunities that will be there right like the truth of the matter is and we alluded to this about being present like i'm doing what i love to do and i'm making the impact in the lives that god is bringing into my life that i should be so i'm where i'm supposed to be right and so like opportunities to advance or quote unquote you know maybe work at a level different than the hbcu or whatever i got a favorite quote and coach ritter tell you this it's all division one, right? So with this mid-major, high-major, low-major tag that we apply to it, one of my favorite things to tell our guys, and we talk about it all the time, is only one level. is division one or division two. There ain't no such thing to me as low-major or this. So I don't, I don't subscribe to that quote-unquote title. So I don't let that make me feel no type of way. And the school itself, obviously, is historically black. It's not exclusively. So, again, in the perceptions of what people might think about the school or the leagues or any of that, you know, again, we live in a society now where, again, this school was established so that people that look like me and you had access to education. It's staying the day so that all people can come and go here. You know what I mean? And I, I kind of talked to Coach B about this earlier. Like, you will be super surprised, man, if you walked on our campus, the diversity of our campus. And I'm not just talking about black and white. I'm talking about other countries, other pigments. You know what I mean? Like just the freedom of expression here, sexual orientation, like the freedom of expression and access is such a different environment than anything that I think you can get at a PWI or a school that may be, you know, a little bit more conservative. Not to say that we liberal in any stretch of the imagination, but Again, ultimately, you know, when, when 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 Mary founded the school, it was so that people who didn't have access had access. We standing on that today. You know what I'm saying? And so um, to, to go to the next point in terms of, you know, head coaching opportunities and, you know, whatever, this goes back to what I said in the original. I know who I am and I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And so if I miss on opportunities because I look a certain way, then those aren't opportunities for me. You know what I mean? And again, will I cut my hair? Yeah, I will. I might cut, but it ain't going to be for nobody else. It'll be for me. You know what I'm saying? And will, will I put myself in a position to maybe have this? Again, I'm coaching for the guys that wear my jersey. I'm not coaching for the guys that sit in the office and, and write budgets and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And so again, the opportunities, I will attack them, looking for it. Any ADs on the call, I'm your guy, I, whatever, right? But ultimately, no, when you bring me into your program, 
I'm there for the players. That's the truth. You know what I mean? And again, that's not to diminish the university because again, I got to have pride in it, but my job is to steward over those young men is to lead them, is to mentor them, is to encourage them, is to, to, you know, cuss them when they need to be cussed. It's all of those things. And so, you know, when I think about my career and where I may end up or what, what opportunities can or cannot happen, I have ownership of my career because again, it ain't hinged on anybody's title or any university on the front. I'm going to coach regardless if Coach Ritter fired me tomorrow. Coach don't fire me, all right? But I'm going to coach. That's what I do, right? So you, I think that, again, when we got that lot, when, when people have that level of conviction about themselves, again, yeah, I'll be lying to you if I ain't tell you I had insecurity about, you know, the way people would perceive it. But the honor that I got in tearing that down, right, it make me go harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it put me in a position where every single day I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity to prove somebody wrong based off of what they may think or prove them right. You see what I'm saying? And so I think that that's kind of where me personally, that's my challenge. That's my ambition. That's where I'm at in my career and my life. And, you know, that's a luxury because I work with somebody that I enjoy working with. I'm doing something. I work, I live in a city I enjoy. You know I mean? There, there are tons of things that I think afford me a perspective that may not apply to everybody. But I think if everybody had a why and they knew why they lining up, it wouldn't matter what other people's decisions are. You know what I mean? What people decide or what they think about you. It don't make you. You know what I mean? So... Um, I hope I answered your question, but no, best way, best, best way to answer coach big time stuff. And, and I think that's the stuff that you build in yourself and that you acquire over a career of seeing some of the ins and outs and seeing some of the, nah, I don't want to be that way. No, nah, I thought about being this, not nah, this, and you kind of, you kind of get in that place. Like you said, you're about, you're 34. So you're in that space where it's like, Yo, this is me. You either take me as I am or you don't take me at all. Like, this is, I'm not changing, you know? And I appreciate that so much. And there's so much to be taken from that. So, big time stuff today, man. We'll let you have some closing thoughts. Um, obviously, we know this is Rising Coaches. We give much love to them and, and thank them. Thank everybody for coming. Uh, was was as good of a session as we've ever had and uh, as, as high level of a guest. I tell people this all the time, man. And, and me and um, Coach Bostic talked about this on the Super Six. Uh, panel that he was on, but it's not about the logo on your shirt, man. This this not what this is about. This is about impact. And one thing I love about um, we've been fortunate to have some impactful guests nonstop. Uh, you have represented that at a high level for HBCU because at the end of the day, the perception says one thing, but anybody that was on this, anybody that will see this further, anybody that will watch the replay will be like, Yo, HBCU coach talks like that. He, he knows basketball like that. And that's part of the fighting the stigmas too. But I, I just give so much credit and, and hopefully any young coach, any older coach, any coach, period. Like it's not about the logo on your shirt, man. And I appreciate so much how you're representing um, Bethune-Cookman and representing HBCU and just representing who, period. So, uh, yeah, we'll let you have your Brian, closing Brian, 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 let me say one thing real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, I'm um, I'm more scout, of course. From uh, you, I'm, I'm coaching at ULM now, but uh, I like the like the energy that you got, Coach Taylor. Uh, I was able to watch you uh, a couple of seasons ago. I came to a game. I actually went to Florida and M. So I came to a game, and you guys were playing Bethune and Florida and M. Uh, I think you smacked them up. But at the same time, uh, your energy on the sideline was just incredible to me. Uh, but like you talk about, like the guy was saying about the stigma 
of being an HBCU. I went to HBCU and I've worked in HBCU, you know, a lot, a lot of years. And I've worked on the PWI side too, you know, so I've been at Florida and m as a, as a GA, right. For, for a white coach and Mike Gillespie, that was like a big time Juco coach in the state of Florida. And he went there and we hadn't went to the NCAA tournament, but once, and in five years, he went twice. So he, he, he really turned the program around and had it going in the right direction. So I kind of got a similar experience, kind of like you working for somebody that was a little different, but had to be able to go in there and try to break that barrier at the same time. Yeah. And I also, I was at Southern University and I had other opportunities to go somewhere else. Like they say, you know, you get labeled as a, you know, HBCU guy or whatnot. But my challenge was to make sure that we went into every game prepared and ready and was going to compete every night in and night out. And we had, and, and we was right there knocking down the doors of people. Like we had big wins, like every year we would have a win. Like we beat Texas a we beat uh, Mississippi State, we beat Wyoming, we beat Tulane. Like, I mean, teams didn't even want to play us. And the reason why I got hired here is because we came here one year uh, and we beat them by 30, their own building. So that's the way you earn your respect if you're at an HBCU and you're playing against these PWIs. You go in there and whoop them a couple of times, they'll start respecting what you're doing and understand that you got a great understanding of the game of basketball and how well you prepare your team. And I, I think you guys are doing a great job. You know, I know that's the rivalry school, you know, uh, Bethune Cookman for me. But my oldest brother actually went there and played baseball. He was a pretty good baseball player there. So I've been knowing the school ever since like 91. So, uh, so I'm a huge fan and I'm an HBCU guy. So uh, I just want to throw that out there and, and tell guys, if you're on here and you're an HBCU guy, you're a small college guy, you know, don't get discouraged. Just keep doing what you're doing. I think like, like y'all said earlier, if you work hard and you win games, people are going to recognize what you're doing and you're going to be able to make it. You know, a lot of guys always tell me, man, you should do this. You should do X, Y, and Z. I never left Southern because I was happy at Southern. I thought we had a great thing going and I was comfortable. The guy that I worked for, I, that was the first staff I ever been on where everybody was connected, kind of like what you said, Coach Taylor. Like, yeah. and when you find that man, it's tough to just let it go. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to just let it go. Yeah, when you yeah. find a staff that's really connected. It's like gold. It's like gold. Yeah, it's like gold because you, 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 don't, you don't really get that. That was the first time I ever had it where everybody was connected. So that, that's just my little spiel. For you guys, I don't know what it's worth, but I just want to throw that out there and tell you, hey man, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I'm gonna be following you guys. Man, Except I, you have to play us though. Hey, <laughs> hey, I, I, I appreciate it, Coach. You know what I mean? Just honestly, from my heart, like I really do the words, and um, you know, you got that rattler tied to you, so it's, we gonna keep it. We'll keep it. We'll keep it smooth for everybody on here. Everybody who don't know, Cookman yeah. you is is. High level competition. Yeah, uh, high level seriousness. Yeah, yeah, that is that's that's the the what is it what they call it the Hatfields and the McCoys. That's civil war right there. You know what I mean? But uh, uh man, I I just want to pre. I, I want to just take time out, man. I appreciate every single person stepping to take time out just to honestly like listen to me talk about something that I love. You know what I mean? Like I said, this is what I do. Coach Ritter will tell you, Coach Cobb, like this is what we do. You know what I mean? This is a day in the office for us talking about ball, talking about life, trying to better one another, better our program. And so to do it at this level with so many obviously great people, catching up with some people that, you know, have impacted me in such a way, man, I appreciate y'all time. You know what I mean? Just having a chance to get out here and speak. B, you know what I mean? The, the situation with all access and rising coaches, man, just, 
high level stuff. You know what I mean? Just stuff that's so fast forward and thinking futuristic, you know what I mean? And I, I think that it need to be celebrated that, you know, you taking time and energy and putting these things in a space where we can have think tanks like this and talk about energy and ideas amongst one another and better our industry, man. You know what I mean? Like we got a duty as a, as coaches to make sure that the guys who ain't coaching yet, that they gonna walk into a business that's better. You know what I mean? That young brothers 30 years from now will get better opportunities and that people will have situations that women will coach men. You know what I'm saying? I see you over there, Coach L. Like those are the, those are the things that we tax to do. And that's why I say it, it goes so much further than ball. And that's why, you know, my last thing that I just want to talk and just, you know, if anybody can take anything from me or in this conversation, just know that what we do with basketball guys is such a small, small part of the job that we all tasked to do and the opportunity that we presented to have impact, man. We come into contact with so many more people than other people in the world. You know what I mean? And I think that we got to start using that platform as big or as small as you think it is to impact everybody that you touch positively. You know what I mean? And like, like, don't let the world happen around you. Like make it happen. You know what I mean? Whatever that mean to you, you know what I mean? If you ain't a guy that want to protest or whatever it mean to you, whatever world you want to live in, you, you, you take it by the horns and make it happen. Manifest it not with your words, but with your actions on the, on a day in and day out basis. And, you know, stay true to who you are. And, um, you know, man, just keep keep having much success in your careers unless y'all lining up with the Wildcats, then I wish you nothing but the worst. And, you know, if you run into me on the recruiting front, I wish you nothing but the worst. But ultimately, other than that, man, I wish everybody the best. You know what I mean? Straight up the best. And, you know, I appreciate you, B, for, for giving me an opportunity to get out here and let people get to know me a little bit better. You know what I mean? It ain't something that I'm always the most comfortable with. You know what I mean? Just letting people in. But, you know, this was such a such a beautiful space for it, you know, and so I, I really appreciate you for that, bro. Yeah, man, it's been love. Appreciate everybody for coming on. And I think like Coach said, we'll just end with those words of, you know, let's just keep continuing to create the the, the space in the world that we want to have. We have a responsibility to do our part um, to, to impact change and help enact that change in a positive way with our players, with our communities, with our families. So let's just keep spreading that love and keep getting better, keep winning these games in the meantime. But more importantly, winning games with, with the players and people we impact. So thanks so much. Uh, we'll be on again Thursday with the player development coach, Nick Graham, if you guys want to the, uh, the inbox, and then we'll have the replay posted in the next 24, 48 hours for Coach if you want to copy that too. So thanks so much, and uh, thanks again to Rising Coaches, and we're signing off. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.